previously on AFTN. But then they gave up an equaliser in the 57th minute, yeah. and then it, it wasn't a great game. It's, it was a happy ending for New England, for sure. It certainly was. Steve. You're crafty. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I am Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. And if you listen to the show in the podcast, you probably already know this, but this will be episode 328. What a week. We've we've lost a lot this weekend. We lost an hour's sleep. We could have actually have been on at nine o'clock tonight. Technically, we are on at nine o'clock, though, with this hour that we lost. But I wanted to take in a VMSL game tonight, so that's why we're now starting at ten. Uh, Whitecaps lost three points. And I think most of us, if we had any left, lost all faith in VAR. Those are some of the things we'll be covering tonight, I'm pretty sure. Kick things off. Whitecaps. RSL. Heading into the game. I was thinking a a one-all draw at best. And I've been happy with a point. Morally, I think we got a point. And and, and Steve's... That was a clean sheet. That was a clean sheet. Clean sheet. sheet, Point on the board. (laughs) Great, great. In the, in the broadcast, they, remi- they reminded everyone that it's been since like April last year of the last, uh, what you would call an ultra clean sheet in a competitive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We'll get into all the specifics of the, the game shortly. Obviously, there was a big talking point coming out of it, and we'll kick things off with talking about that penalty incident. And I, you know what? I think the best way to talk about that penalty incident It's to introduce a a new section that I was going to introduce possibly this week, possibly next week. Let's do it tonight. It's a new section called I'm an Angry Bastard. Yep, I am an angry bastard tonight. To be fair, most of the time I am an angry bastard, especially driving along the roads in Vancouver. But Whitecaps connected, absolutely fucking furious at that penalty decision. This is how bad that penalty decision was. My wife 
was watching the game with me. I scream... I, well, she wasn't watching the game with me. She was on the couch reading a book. I was watching the game. I screamed out, that's not a fucking penalty. You never fucking touched him. She looks up and watches the replay and goes, that guy in black never touched the guy in white. I was like, yeah, see? And she saw that and she knows nothing about football. So tell me, how can a video official with all those angles and replays watch that penalty and say to Drew Fisher, no, that's okay, carry on, do your stuff. Okay, let me first state that I I agree with you in principle. Like I, I think it, in principle. Wait, no, I, I, you're I, getting the angerometer up. Sorry. I'm hoping there's more f bombs coming. Um, <laughs> we might be marking this. Yeah, you might be. <laughs> I was President Stephen didn't play that thing. Did we? Um, I no. did. Oh, you did. We were paying attention. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I uh, I know. I agree with you. I don't think it should have been a penalty. Uh, the reason why I think this uh, Jonas, I forget his last name, Jonas something or other. Um, Marakchi. Yeah, that's it. Th- I The reason I think... I will he, come to him shortly. Yeah, I think the reason why I think he, he didn't uh, call everyone's favorite Canadian official, Drew Fisher, to review it was because even though it appears that I think... Uh, Baird, or, it was Baird, right? Yeah. Baird is going Corey down. Baird. Yeah. It appears that he's either slipped or is on purposely go, going down. I think the one moment in the- You're in, being generous. <laughs> the one moment in that in the in the, the slow-mo is that Jake's leg makes contact with him or Baird's, Baird's as, falling. As he's as on he's, his no, way to the floor. No, I, yeah. So I don't know how he was going to get his foot on the ball when he's already uh, but falling. For some reason, I think that's why Jonas said, oh- there's contact. It's kind of like it's. It kind of felt like you know that you know that North American way of, of viewing football. Hey, if I tackle you and I touch the ball, doesn't matter what's what else I've done. I've touched the ball, which is not a part of the rules at all. Yeah. But it's something everyone here always says. Oh, I got the ball. I got oh, the ball. It's not just here. It's to do that in the UK as well. Yeah, oh, they go yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's but like, ball, ball. No, but here especially, like they yes. don't understand that if you use excessive force and go through the guy and get the ball, that doesn't that you know getting the ball doesn't matter. But it felt a little bit like that. It felt, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying this is my perspective. I'm just saying I think that's what Jonas is saying. He's like, I think he says, I think he's saying to himself, I see where their legs touched. I'm not going to get Drew to look at it again. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying I okay. think that might be his thinking. Well, I'm, I'm not going to give him. The, I'm not going to give him the benefit. I think Jonas is an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say an absolute fucking idiot. Yeah. But I mean, we'll, we'll compromise. We'll no. go with something like that. A, a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. Um, and well, let's talk a little bit. Well, about I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you what happened with me. I saw the. I saw the thing at first. I thought, oh no, he gave away another penalty. Then I saw the first <laughs> replay. I go, oh, no, this is going to be overturned. I don't yeah. even know why. I stepped out just, totally for a, just for a second, come back, all of a sudden they're ready to take the penalty. I go, where's the replay? They'd even replay it, not even giving it the benefit of the doubt. It's unbelievable. I, I was, part of me was hoping, because I hate Drew Fisher. Yeah. And I can't blame him for that, because he would have seen Beard go down and dust coming up. From his angle, it would probably have looked like a penalty. I was hoping, when they didn't review it, that... The fourth official had said, you should review it. And he was like, no, I'm not going to. Just so we could pile some more hate on him. But it hasn't been that. Yeah. And I, I think the only way that Jonas is thought it was a penalty was maybe he, he think he's a Dragon Ball Z fan and he thought Jake Nowitzki's powerful stomp on the grass knocked Corey Bears over or something like that. And I think that's the only thing I can think of. Jake Nowitzki, 8.5 in the Richter scale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the only thing I can think. That, it, that that's a, Maybe that's the reason he's why like, Corey fell too. He's like Bird. Quake, Quake for Marvel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, 
So let's talk. Let's talk more about Jonas. Then. Yes, Jonas Maracci, very inexperienced referee. How inexperienced? He has never refereed an MLS match since 2013. He has been an assistant referee in MLS twice, two times, an assistant referee. If he was that good, you'd think some of these other officials are bumbling buffoons. He would have got a shot before now. Most of his refereeing stuff has been in NASL and in well, the US Open the, Cup. Well, he's clearly the cause of why NASL is not around <laughs> anymore, I think. Well, in total, in three seasons, 2015, 16 and 17 in NASL and US Open Cup, he has refereed a total of 16 matches. So he didn't give that many matches no. in three How many red cards do you think he dished out in those 16 matches? I'm going to say 16. <laughs> Close. Half. Half. Eight. Eight red cards. Once every two games, he gives someone a red card. He seems to see fouls. He seems to see stuff. He doesn't seem to see non-tackles. He was a fourth official in MLS 89 times. So, what other mistakes has he made, you kind of wonder? From reading Reddit, quite a few. I genuinely don't understand why you would have such an inexperienced official in charge of video review. And I I do understand experienced referees are maybe hard to come by, but you use the inexperienced guys in the non-MLS games, USL, have them doing stuff there. Get your experienced guys doing MLS. It's the top league. Michael, are you saying that MLS and pro referees don't highly rate the great historic rivalry between Vancouver and Salt Lake? (laughs) It's looking that way. (laughs) Maybe Eunice was the only guy that wanted to be in the snow. Maybe the other guy got snowed in somewhere for all we know. So, I mean, yeah, all that's fair. Again, I think one thing in terms of VAR is what? This is the second year in MLS, right? So it's not like there's a lot of... I, I don't... There doesn't feel like there's a great... Like you said, it doesn't feel like there's a great pool of experienced quality referees laying around in North America. No. no. My wife clearly could do a better job. I miss Mark Geiger. Oh, no. Oh, no, don't that's say how it. bad it's He's got. the guy who put this guy there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Mm. <laughs> I, no, but I, I'm thinking I'm thinking so for the rest of the season, we have a Jonas uh, watch and see so what other games you ref is, refs oh, in or, or a, video yes. and see what other mistakes I, I, I was expecting wait. you to say you watched his 16 matches and you you, you had concerns from watching them. but I, I might do that this week. <laughs> So less VMSL. More. Yeah, for, forget spending time with my wife. I'm going to be watching Eunice games. Eunice watch. But there's more things that's making me angry. And one of them is Jake Nerwinski. Now he did not commit a foul on this tackle. It wasn't like last week's, which was a clear penalty. Yeah. You couldn't get away from that. I was hoping you were going to talk about this. Yeah. Now, yes, there was no foul. He was an innocent party. But come on. To, to be in that position to begin yeah. with. He put himself in a bad yeah. spot. Yeah. I mean, he, he made Drew Fisher make the call by being out of position. And he's not alone because Venuto just lost the guy. There was no block. He didn't stop the run. Yeah. Somehow, whether you give away a foul or whatever, you have to stop that foul. But Norwinski cannot put himself in these situations where he's either going to make a tackle or pull out of a tackle that allows a guy to dive. Or, bad, bad stuff. And if Jake. he's going to do this, he's got to learn how to shield the person away from the goal and trust his keeper. 
so that when the, so so he knows Carpozo is going to move over, shield him so he only has maybe a small gap to shoot the yeah, ball. Yeah, well, the, the, the angle out of room. The angle wasn't that great. Yeah, it was yeah. it was getting yeah. diminishing by the second yeah. as well. And Baird knew it was, that, yeah. which is why it he was died. A, it, and was it was a, a dive. It was a little bit better than Calvo's because I think Calvo had no angle last week, and this right. one was a he. Corey Baird has a little bit better. That was good experience last week from Calvo, and you've got to say for Baird being a young guy, it was. Yeah, horrible things. You hate diving. I agree but, with you. Jake needs to stay on his feet. Yeah, right. If he stays on his feet, this doesn't happen. And you'd expect Maxime Coupeau to stop something from that angle. Yeah, he, he was just caught out. And the thing is, you've got seems, Scott Sutter breathing down your neck. You yeah. can't make these it, mistakes. It seems like Jake's like moving too. Like he's getting sucked into the left side. I don't know if that's a they want like really tight. Four at the back, yeah, and we're close to the goal. They've been or playing what? really narrow these yeah. two games. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, especially I, in the box, in the box. I, mean, I don't know if you do that normally in the yeah. box. I didn't get to watch the game live, so I got to hear some people's feedback on the game. But one of the things that uh, multiple people, multiple places, I keep hearing is every, there's a lot of people hoping that Sutter is starting next week. I think I'm with them. It's I, I just feel Sutter came on playing an unfamiliar position at left back. Yeah. Did well. Few mistakes that you'd expect from a right back playing as a left back. But he wasn't pressed as much no. by RSL at that point. And he was better than Cornelius there. But we'll, we'll come to how that all happened. Well, that's as, obvious because as well. Cornelius is a I, I just feel it is time for him. And yeah, Jake just cannot put himself in those positions and get caught out. And I just hope that the penalty incident does not overshadow from that and they do have a long, serious look at it. But yeah, that. Not related to defending, <laughs> Jake did put in one of the best crosses of the game that should have been a goal. Well, he had a good passing accuracy yeah. as well. I mean, I, yeah, that was a, that was a fantastic cross yeah. he put in the second half. But yep, that was why I'm angry this week. You know what? I'm an even angrier fucking bastard now because I've just smacked my hand off Steve's laptop. Here. <laughs> I don't think it's How's broken. It? I think Steve, it's not broken. Steve, well, we'll see no, if I, Steve, I might get pulled off. The laptop's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I might get pulled off at halftime. We'll have to see. PC was so close to getting pulled off at halftime just before. Anyway, so moving on from that horrendous penalty decision. How do you what? rate the? the <laughs> I was going to say such a great game of football. Otherwise. Yes, it was. <laughs> Well, yeah, it wasn't a classic. But how do you rate the White Cats' performance overall? Better than last week? Signs of growth? Did you take anything away from this game compared to the first one? I, I think, the, well, if you look at it, take away that penalty that shouldn't have been a penalty, they essentially didn't take on that much pressure from RSL. They were able to... Kind of, there were moments where they kind of gave it away, but Crapo came up big in some instances. Yeah. Um, I think I think it definitely was better in that way. Fifty fifty possession again, yeah, second so, straight week. So I, I think it is a little bit better. It's show, they are showing a little bit, and there's some players that obviously we'll talk about later that um, are showing even more, di- you know, dynamic ability. Yes, in the central of the midfield. So I think that's going to be a big thing once they get you, on the same page more. You know how you hear stuff and then it kind of like biases you or shapes how you one again one of the things that i heard from a number of people is the either vancouver was worthy of a point or even some people saying they were, they should have won the game 
I, I don't know where the winning thing would come so, from. Was, but there was a, there was a couple of good chances that if it had been nil nil, yeah. they could easily have put one of those away. Uh, so that so I was watching it with that in mind, like oh this is a really good performance from Vancouver, and as I watched it uh, with those things in my mind, I kind of disagreed. Like I didn't mm. think that I didn't think I didn't think they were poor like poor no. or horrible or anything, but I think RSL was was worth a goal and and. I, I, due to the, the error, you know, worth their three. I mean, if you put the error aside, I'm not surprised that they won. Basically, like, yeah. I think they did enough to win the game. Essentially, but again, they weren't amazing either. The football no, wasn't. But a positive, at least, to take from it was there was growth in a number of areas. Totally. Steve said, totally, chemistry was there. They actually played more of a, a passing game, and we'll we'll look at that as we go on. But let's hear a little bit from both head coaches now. First of all, we're going to hear from Mike Petke. No printers were harmed in in this interview. And what's his name's gone? Trey's gone. So yeah, that's that's unfortunate. The printer tree. I think he smashed it when he didn't have enough paper. Well, his name it. was Trey, wasn't he? I don't remember. Yeah, no. printer tree. But but we'll then hear from the saint himself, Mark De Santos. <laughs> Previous game, you were really solid against Houston, only gave up that one shot. Obviously, Vancouver had more chances today, but you got another clean sheet. Did you like kind of the progress of the defense another step today? Yeah. Um, you know, like we said during preseason, we're really focused on that because we're on the road so much the first 15 games. Uh, yeah, last weekend's performance, one shot on goal was excellent. Tonight, I thought in the first half, um, all around, uh, complete control of the game from us. And um, defensively, we were extremely sound. Uh, second half, they obviously are, are trailing one nothing, and they come out at halftime. They have a bit more energy. They have a, a changed a bit, bit tactically, and and we were able to uh, hold on for the one nothing win. Uh, there was key moments in the second half, particularly out wide with a guy like Aaron, you know, going up against a lot of pace, who did an excellent job. Uh, Natum and Marcelo shifted very well together, and Everton and Kyle put incredible work in tonight. So, from a defensive standpoint, it was a good re- it was a good um, performance. And as a team, for I would give it sixty to seventy five minutes uh, was an excellent performance. Hey, Mike, what did what did you see on the uh, penalty call? Um, I saw Corey get played through, and then he fell down, and then the the whistle was blown. That's uh, that's what I saw from a distance. Uh, I have not rewatched it right now yet, but I know that he went to the earpiece and uh, everything was uh, checked out. So uh, it was a good build-up from us, though. Good good uh, possession play and, and then being able to penetrate behind uh, from runs out wide and, or from the middle. And that's what Corey did, and, and it was a great, uh, uh, great run and, and, and a great penalty kick from Albert. Mike, how important is it going to be to get these three-point home wins with their – road-heavy early start to this season. Yeah, it's going to be crucial if we could continue the rest of the season like we have the first two games, at least a tie on the road and a win at home. We're going to be in pretty good shape, you know. But uh, it's going to be extremely important for us to take care of business at home this year like we did last year. Overall thoughts on that? Yeah, it's disappointing uh, because we felt again that, you know, it was a game that at least at least one point um, from how we we worked, from how we we showed up again in the second half, uh, but there was a lot of very good moments uh, in the first half before the the penalty. Sh- well, before that that 
that call in the box. Uh, Inbaum has a very good shot, very good save by Raimondo. Then a good run from Andy Rose, another save by Raimondo, and then Lee, and then the the the, the call in the box. Uh, I felt that the guys were always in the game, always tried. Uh, we pushed. We had uh, players coming in well. I, I felt every sub came in, brought something to the table. Um, and then, of course, in the last 10 minutes, when it becomes become became a little bit stretched, the game, uh, there was some transitional play from uh, from Real Salt Lake that was dangerous. Normal when you're you're playing uh, in the last 10 minutes, kind of emergency. Um, but again, uh, I believe in what we're doing. Uh, I believe in these guys, and I I feel that if we we continue growing, we're going to be a very good team. Uh, with yeah, it's tough because I have three kids, right? And I, I don't want to spend money because I say stupid things. Uh, I'll just say, watch it. Everybody watch it. You know, it's unfortunate because Jake did a foul against Minnesota and it was a penalty shot. The foul of Jake against Minnesota was a clear penalty shot. This one? Just watch it. Everybody should watch it, and then everybody should form their opinion. You uh, had a full week of training and build up to the, the game. Yeah. Uh, what did you take away from this game compared to the first week? Uh, I have to watch it again. You know, I think I felt there was some some good movements in the offensive third, some some opportunities that if our first touch, I remember a, a ball played to Inbaum at, at the edge of the 18 in the second half and even to Jordi. If that first touch was a little bit better, they would have been in front of goal. So sometimes it was so close to, to being in such good positions. Um, and I uh, we have to reinforce the good things we're doing, uh, keep on growing in the things where we need to become better, and that's how you grow as a club. The gaffers there. I was putting this together and my wife heard that and said, you know what? This gaffer song actually suits Mark DeSantos better than Robbo because the lyrics to it is, you don't want to mess with him. Yeah. And basically, I don't think you do want to mess with Mark DeSantos. Loved his comments there about the penalty and not wanting to be fined and give money to the disciplinary committee. that He's got three kids to, to take care of. Did you buy him uh, um, uh, the Heath uh, Slater T-shirt. I got kids. Yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll give him. We'll give him a gift of that. I'm. I'm wearing a wrestling T-shirt tonight. Uh-huh. Tomasa Champa, in for neck surgery. It could be the end of his career. Another thing we lost this week. Yes. What's it say? Psycho killer. Psycho killer. Tying him with that angry bastard theme. But Robo did reveal to us a number of times when I said, "Did you get fined for stuff he said about referees?" And he hadn't. So it's not automatic that they do get fined. So I, if you don't go public and let rip, yeah, a lot of players have let rip about that. On other teams, decision. Benny Failhaber loved his retweet, and let's see what Simon Borg has to make of it on Monday. Well, he doesn't do that anymore. Oh, does he? I don't, they didn't do it the first week either. I, I never read the site. I don't yeah, don't. Yeah, no, don't go on MLSsoccer.com. It's not worth your time, except for Michael's article. Oh, okay. No, I check it out on YouTube. Their videos, <laughs> if I see anything good. 
We'll look at some individual player performances in part two. But Maddie Santos was right then what he said about the subs. They did improve the team, and that's what you want the subs to do. We've seen it a lot in the past here in Vancouver. You look at the bench and you're like, eee, that's not a strong bench. For not the first time in a long time, but... Wait, last year you were always saying there's so many yeah. high-paid players on the bench. Well, yes. It doesn't necessarily mean they were quality, but it, it does look that we have Fair got point. some difference makers on the bench now, which we have lacked a lot over the years. So at least that's a positive. Mike Pecky there was talking about the importance of home wins. And... It feels more important maybe than ever this season because the teams are so tight and the battle for those lower playoff spots looks like it's going to go down to the wire and home wins are going to be crucial. Well, again, on the broadcast, uh, one of the guys, <laughs> I can't remember if it was Caldwell or whoever, but... Uh, they sound so similar. He said, RSL has the best home record in MLS since 2009 combined. Oh, the most points taken. Well, last well, season they were, they they were, they were fantastic. super. They were a super strong team for a oh, long time. Yeah. I, th- I remember them having a long streak uh, of uh, home victories. Yeah, them and Houston were like strong. Great to be playing those two teams in their first two away games. Only two losses actually for RSL at home in 2018, and they had 11 wins and four draws. Best record in the West beside Portland at home. We had the third worst home record with seven wins. That's something that has to change this season. But top five or six away record. I think top five mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Can can we do both? It's doing both well, that's going to have is, you in the top four. Yeah, for sure. That, that's yeah, ideal. Obviously, but yeah. we, we have to work on that. It's like we've already lost three points at home. We cannot lose too many more. Yeah, they got to make it up on the road now. Yeah. I had a look at the RSL schedule as well after listening to Mike Pecky because he kept going on about them being forced to be on the road so early and I hadn't really looked at it. Kind of crazy. The first two months, they've got nine games. Six of them are away and three at home. It's probably due to do with weather, right? Possibly, yeah. but it just it seems... I mean, have, you, we, have, you been to, have you been to Salt Lake in April? I've been in May. I've been in April. It was freezing. I've been in May and it was freezing. <laughs> but how come we have to be one of the teams that plays there in the cold with our warm-blooded guys? Anyway. We're from we're from a well further. We're going to get opposite next week when we go to Houston. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. you mentioned Stephen Caldwell there, and we're going to come back in part two with a song I've picked especially for Stephen Caldwell, and we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Daniel Henry, and you are listening to AFTN. Song there for Stephen Caldwell by our Artist of the Month, the Sultans of Ping FC, You Talk Too Much, from their Casual Sex and the Cineplex album. Rush out and buy that today, kids. Stephen Caldwell is still highly irritating 
And I say that as a fellow Scot. Well, he's he's a nice guy. He was okay when I interviewed him to an extent when he came here once with TFC, but he's he should not be a commentator. It's just... But he has an accent. He has to be. True. That is what Scott me on in this world. He didn't surprisingly say during the broadcast yesterday, which is what I was waiting for, that the Whitecaps should not have blown up the squad because we were so close. There, there was a point, and I can't remember what minute it was, it... Uh, he did do it in a backhanded way because he talked about how much continuity RSL had. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't talk about Vancouver having like a uh, brand new squad, but he talked about RSL. So he did mention it in a way. Hasn't been a a great week for the Caldwell brothers. Monday night, his brother Gary, who's head coach of Partick Thistle, pelted with a shower of coins throughout the second half of the Partick Thistle Hearts Scottish Cup tie. By his home fans. No, by the, by the oh, Hearts fans, because uh, he used to be the, the Hibs skipper. Oh, okay. And ironically, he criticised Neil Lennon when he was hit by a coin for saying, oh, he brings it on himself. So let, let's see if Gary Caldwell feels that he brought that on himself. Maybe it's just Stephen Caldwell's anti-fans taking it out on him. Yeah, there's a, a lot going on in Second City derbies. <laughs> we'll talk yes, about more about yeah. that. We'll, we'll, we'll certainly come to that. But let's continue our talk just now. Um, with looking at the RSL game. We've got some tweets we're going to get to as well. By the way, I think Stephen's a, f- a fine dude. They usually need to spend more time with him. <laughs> and that was Zach's last <laughs> contribution to the show. Fare you well. Pink slip in the post. In, in, the, in, the in, in, our, in our hole that no one ever fills. Come in next week, there's going to be a pink <laughs> thing in your hole. Let's get back to the RSL game. Um, let's look at our usual good, bad and the ugly. Let's start with the good. I like to start with the positives and then go downhill from there. We are not bottom of the <laughs> West. Do, 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 do. That's San Jose. who look atrocious. And we'll come to the San Jose game when we do our MLS Week in Review. But they've lost two home games now. So, hey, we're not doing too bad. We've only lost one at home and one on the road. Small margins. <laughs> Small, eh? Small. We've got no points. They have no points. But, as I alluded to in the first part, the long ball game disappeared. Of 491 passes attempted, 407 of them, 83% were short passes. Only 64, 13% were long balls. There was one through ball and then there was a couple of other... Only one through balls, I think. Yeah, only one one registered. Which is a worry in itself. That's a whole other thing. I was quite surprised because I was like... Have they missed it off? And then I saw it was just one. I was like, oh, one attempted through ball. They have been working on the little triangles and the short passes, but they need to... That's maybe why Montero's not getting any service. It sounds like my son playing FIFA until like a couple weeks ago when he finally grasped the Y button is the is the through ball. I have still not grasped what buttons do what in FIFA. <laughs> Sadly, that's why we will never have a FIFA competition in this show. But I will still... Reiterate my belief that long balls have a place in the game and I, are still very effective. No, I believe they do, but you just can't do it all the time. Oh, yeah. I think you have to. You have, sometimes you have to go uh, low. Sometimes you have to go high. It's it, you got to alternate it. So there, keep the keep the defenders guessing. Exactly. You you, yeah. you need to have uh, be able to have an array of of passes and stuff. And like, doesn't matter. Like, even some of the best teams in the world will use the long ball to good effect, right? Like, but you're right. Yeah. This uh, the point is. 
long ball as a your predominant style of play is uh, is awful. <laughs> and well, yes, but it can also be effective. It depends if you want to watch attractive football or winning football. I just want to win, right? By any means, necessary. and you're British, so you have an affinity for. No, it. I'm Scottish. Same. Right. You're from the British Isles, and you have affinity. <laughs> no, I'm for from it. Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the thing is with with the you, you, like. Most teams they will they, like you said use effectively. They'll lull the team to sleep because they'll kind of like be passing down low, keep moving it up, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, then you'll get the long ball, and that's yeah. where well, you want it. What's my plan for the podcast? You saw it a little bit in Vancouver with Pedro, right? All yes. of a sudden, he would just break out this crazy long. Remember, he even did like a long pass across the pitch on the ground that one time against Houston, I think. Yeah, yeah, that kind of well, a guy helpful. that could be doing that for us is in Bum Huang. Yes, he was excellent yesterday. Well. He was good. Good to excellent. Because he didn't score and we didn't get anything off him. So he had some I'll, shots. I'll temper it a little bit. Yeah, he, he had some shots. He does look the real deal, though. And you have to feel if anyone's going to get this attack going, it's going to be Huang. And it's, it's Huang. No, I'm right. I think it is going to be him. <laughs> he got a who scored rating of 7.38. Passing accuracy of 87.3. From That's a very team high, sixty-three passes. And, and the thing is, his passes weren't uh, uh, June Marcus Davidson like; they were actually going forward, yes. so it's effective. Because he JMD would get those passes like the high ratings, but he was always being passing between the center backs and just moving it up a little bit. Well, he had the, he had the a couple of his key passes were the one to put to try and play in att- attacking midfielder Andy Rose, which yeah. we'll talk about. He had five key passes. But the in, best, in but the most probably exciting one for people was the little back heel he played in the middle of the park. Yes, I do, do like a cheeky little back heel. He had four shots, two on target, a couple of close efforts. He he likes his long range shot, and I said this last week. I was a little bit worried that he would get barged off the ball, but again, he's showing strong. that aggression, yeah. squaring up to Savarino, I think it was in the second half, and. I think we should just enjoy him while we can because if he has the season that we think he could have, it might be difficult to see him here next year. Hamburg's calling. I think I think he might go higher than that if he doesn't continue to impress. Uh, he can be better than the Bundesliga, yeah. definitely. No, I there's think nothing the, better. There's no league in the world that's better than the Bundesliga. I kind I kind of like Scottish him. League One, but okay. <laughs> I kind of like him. I don't know. You could probably uh, reiterate uh, qualify this, but I kind of like him as a uh, Dortmund kind of type player. <laughs> And that would is you, now Zach getting rid of Steve from the show. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but no, I'm saying I'm thinking he's like a Dortmund. Like Dortmund would buy somebody that's uh, up and coming and everything like that at a lower price. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. In that sense, yeah, that's true. I mean, Byron has done that as well, but in a different kind of way. Because usually when they they buy them, it's like Alfonso, yeah. re- really young, yeah, and with high high ceiling, yeah. But um, yeah, I, the, the Hamburg thing, which you know we talked about, I think before that you know they they wanted him or they were interested, and so it was Werder Bremen and all that kind of stuff, and it all it all fell apart and whatever. Um, but uh, Hamburg is a, would be a good shout be, yeah. because they're like at the top or near the top. I forget. I didn't check this weekend of of their one and only season in Division Two so far, and in the second Bundesliga, and highly likely to be promoted. And they're going to be looking for some players with a with a high potential and. Yeah, he. So I could, I could still see that coming off in a year or two or whatever. I mean, you think as well. He's still coming off that meniscus injury as well, and we mm. haven't really seen him get the chemistry. Which I, we don't want to mention chemistry too much in tonight's show. I think did we Mark, mentioned it way did Mark, too much. Marcus Santos ask you not to? Yeah, I have to have to listen to what Mark says. I'm, I'm kind of scared of him. <laughs> Already liking the centre back partnership between Godoy and Henry. 
they seem to complement each other's game well. There's an understanding there that I thought might have taken a little bit of time to, to come together, but it already seems to be there. Godoy, for me, is doing kind of the, the yeoman's work right now. He, yesterday, two tackles, one interception, a team high, four clearances, a blocked shot. He's not the dirty player that I thought he would be just basically because he's a South American centre-back. Give it time. True. Only one foul committed yesterday. Give it time. But I, I really like what I've seen from him. He he looks good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at these two ma- these two league matches that they've had and the the main issues in defence have not been coming from the centre. They've no. been coming from the wide areas. Yes. Which is good. In a one sense, you don't want it at all, but it's like you want that centre back partnership to be strong. Yeah. And I th- I think he's a he's a good replacement for Kendall. He's got time on his side as well, and he he's going to have that aggressiveness in him that Kendall brought. He's a different kind of player, but I think you're right. I think he does have the potential to, depending on lo- how long he's in Vancouver. Well, well, as well. It all depends on how much that, that fee is that they've agreed yes. to if they decide to pick it up. Or I not. know, that's going to be the thing with so many of these guys. I was mm. speaking to someone tonight about that, and it's like, how much of this Fonzie money have they spent now? How much are they going to spend in January? Well, and if these guys don't work out, you're starting this search I mean, all over again. Th- that's a question that people like yourself and other people in the Vancouver media need to ask. The next time... Uh, Bobby, Greg, or Rachel are in front of a microphone. They need to be asked that. How much have you spent? Might be a time before we see some of them. In front it gets, of yeah, but it, the problem is, it gets tiring asking them because you're just going to give us the same answer. Right. When was the last? Has anyone actually asked them that? Forecast or on the, the, radio, the pre-season radio? thing, I think. Oh, okay. And we got the same answer. Yeah. Right. Was and the chalk talk too. I think it was asked, and they still got oh, the same yes, answer. Oh yes, which was the money's being spent. It's not just on first well, that, team players. But it's that's on the other thing. Things. That's and the then thing. They mentioned the development but, squad. But that's the thing. I think every member of the media should say, "Okay, thanks for that answer. Can you? Will you? Will, are you willing to disclose the details of what you've spent this year? Because people want to know. And because I think when people look at it, I think. Well, they're saying I don't, we, we don't disclose finances. That's, that, that's great. And so, but people look, and they, what they can see is, I, I don't think anyone at all is looking at what's been done so far and says enough has been spent. No. On because the, uh, it, uh, particularly on the squad. Well, we know to me it all looks like they're saving the money to spend oh, in January. No, it looks like some good interest in that. It looks like they're saving the money. June, right? Probably put it in a one year bond. It, it looks you like mean, they're, ju- yeah. July you're talking about? You keep no, saying January. Or for next year? Next January because oh. these are all loan deals with the option to pay I the think fee come I, next January. I think they're going to spend a, some of it in July too in the summer. They've, uh, don't get me wrong. At they, least on one player. They, they, yes. have, they have spent some. But not not a lot. No. And and uh, aside, obviously, from um, the U twenty three coach uh, Nick Nick Dis- Nick Dasovich, who they gave a, a bucket full of money to. Yeah, he, uh, I think he said that was the whole thirteen million. He's yeah. Got. yeah. So aside from that, but uh, I, I I think people like have a right to know. I think people need to keep asking that question until it's this, like at the end of the season. If it's similar, the people need to know what yeah. what actually has been spent. Daniel Henry had a, another strong outing as well. Uh, second half, he had a great header. Rose unchallenged for it, yep. but that's the kind of header... Should have been a goal. Ha- yeah. Straight at Raimondo, you have to direct it to one of the sides. Easy for me to sit here and say that, but you have to. You would have hoped that the confidence of scoring last week would have would have helped him, but... Um, but already in these first two weeks, we've seen him as more of an yep. attacking threat than yeah, we did pretty much for all last year. I think, uh, all, well, last year they might, he might have, you know, given it to Barry Wa- uh, Waston was the one that everybody was looking yeah, at. Totally. So, I think another uh, the good thing was the um, another uh, another good substitution, uh, sorry, sub performance by Joaquin Ardiz. 
Yeah, I, I, no, Zach's making a face. I liked what he brought. He had some hustle. He set up. He sent one ball across goal that should have been put away, and there was no one waiting there to to put that away. I thought he had a, a good outing. I, I didn't think his outing was horrible again, or like terribly bad or anything. You got to take account that it's only his like no, second. No, I know, but there's still there's still some things in the small, limited time he's he's played where it just. Part of it is probably just match fitness, right? Yeah, but I thought his he, touch was better in grass. He, he's not coming. Thing. He's not coming from another. For team. For the most part, there he, was that one huge gaffe he made. I think it was at, it was at the end. I can't remember now. But who hasn't done that? Right. But the, actually, the more interesting thing for me relating to him is the fact that uh, they they there were again there was two strikers on the field at one time. Yes. And the other thing, which was maybe even more shocking, was the fact that. Uh, so last week, I think he replaced Felipe. I, I could be wrong. That uh, sounds right. But it this a- this time he re- replaced Erise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, in the, again this small period of time with these players, it feel it felt like Erise was going to be the untouchable guy, the guy you'd never take off. He'd always be on the field, club captain. You could, yeah, you're. Yeah, and for, for now. Yeah. But remember, Rose is listed as the second person behind Erise. Is it so, Rose? I thought it was the uh, Colombian. No. No, I'm talking about in the, his position. Oh, in his position, yeah. So he can take over that spot. Well, that, yeah. that was part of the crazy to. thing was Rose was playing so far forward most of the game, and then when they took they when they took off a reset, then he had to he dropped back. Yeah, and he yeah. had to be which was nice for the diversity, but it made it kind of weird that he. I know he played a lot of attacking in Scotland, which is a different kind of football, I think. But um, it was just it was just it was interesting. It was interesting. I, I, RDS, uh, how do you say it? Joaquin. Okay, what's it called? Joaquin. Joaquin. Uh, yeah, I think there's still great potential there, and you hope it. You, yeah. you hope you hope he comes good. I still think but him or Godoy is going to be my favorite player this year. Well, okay, just because they've got that dirtiness about them. <laughs> but since we're talking about attackers, let's move on to the bad because our attack is still not firing. Still no goals from any attacking player in preseason or. In the two MLS games so far. And Matero's concerning right now at yes. this point. There was a couple of close calls. Romando did register five saves and there was a f- couple of decent attacks, but they, they fell down. Montero did have another poor outing. D- two shots, none on target, basically no service, I felt. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is he getting, do you feel he's getting you know, decent service? Yeah, but it's, even with his passing, his passing accuracy was 60, 65.5, which was the worst in the team. I mean, he's 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 needing some help out there. I mean, we've had a, a remember though he's in he's in the part of the field where you're going to risk more. True, through, right? Like yeah. he's not just but passing it around. We've for, had a couple of tweets. Jonathan at LOJD Vancouver says, "Can we discuss Reina on the wing?" And we're going to come to that because for all of MDS's successes in building the squad, he worries that with only Lass and Venuto on the roster as other obvious winger options, MDS has not given himself flexibility to play Reina inside. And with no height upfield with Montero, Reina, Lass and Venuto, he feels that, ironically, it's inviting the high press from the opposition. When RDS has come on in both games, he feels it's been noticeable how much more time and space receive Wang, etc. Mm-hmm. have had. Um, and another comment about Montero is, from Optimist Anonymous, high on caps, is it just me or does Montero seem slow and not playing to the same standard as he did last time he was with the caps? He does seem a step off, and he said when we chatted to him that he was f- up to full match fitness. 
Did he but, say something like, if he's not, he'll tell his body to get yeah. there or something? You you do wonder if he's just maybe still getting up to to full full game fitness. Well, but that's the thing. He was in full game fitness in in, in Portugal, was he not? Well, he he missed some games. Oh right, he had that's, the injury. That's right. That's right. That's right. He, he had that slight ankle break, or whatever it was. That transfer market said, but there does feel to be something missing from the attack. I I barely noticed Venuto again. Yeah. He did register the best passing accuracy of ninety two point nine percent, but that was only from fourteen passes. Bangura last week was posted missing and then Venuto came on and looked good. This week, Venuto went off after an hour, Bangura came on and Bangura looked better, but it, it feels in this early going that they're kind of alternating their leading man role for the Whitecaps adaptation of the Invisible Man. Because once they're starting, yeah. they're just they're doing nothing. Uh, it, seems, it seems like, uh, I don't know, maybe they're... I, maybe they're just like trying to see... Because they're expecting to play the whole game, maybe they're just kind of pacing themselves. But when you cu- they come off the bench, they go, "Okay, this is our chance. Let's just go for it." And then that's why the, I don't know. Maybe that's I, the chance so, to impress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know what 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 their mentality is when they come, start the game. R- remind me, are they both loan deals? Both those dudes? No, Venuto was a, uh, oh, a transfer in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Bangura's a loan deal. He's loan. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was till the end of the year or six months. I think it might have been end of the year. I think it's end of the year. Jonathan agreed that Montero looks off, but he may just need to get up to speed fitness-wise. It, it, he feels it doesn't look like we're playing to his strengths, and he'd be interested to hear more about a false nine in MDS's system and why specifically Montero fits the system when Kai Kamara didn't. Because we're always told Kai Kamara didn't fit the system. But from what we've seen so far, I think Kai Kamara may have produced a little bit more than... Than Montero in, in those two games. Easy to say that. Yeah. But also, I wouldn't mind seeing Ardiez start with Montero. I think that together. could. Yeah, together. Yeah. E- Ardiez up front, Montero as that false nine off him. And or Ardiez maybe out as one of the wings. And Huang and Arisi as this uh, midfield. Yeah. But then you've got the problem with Reyna. And I, like, like the tweet there said, I have concerns with Reyna as well. I just don't think he's he's suited to the wing game. He was way better defensively in this game. And it kind of feels if he focuses on great defensive play, we don't get a lot out of him in attack. And if we get a lot out of him in attack, he's not focusing on the defensive. So I don't think he's been used to having to balance those roles as much as he's maybe been asked to do. Or do you think that's re- related in part to being playing at home and playing away? Could be. For either for him or for the directions? Maybe. I mean, him. we saw he had a slow start last year, and we put that down to his off-the-field troubles in, in Peru in the off-season. There's been some rumours kind of swirling about that he might even move on in the summer. Well, we, we said it all off-season. We would be surprised if he was here yeah. in March. And honestly, I'm a yeah, little Yeah, we had a, a couple surprised. of murmurs this week that he could possibly move on in the summer. Been called into the Peru squad again, so if he does well there, he's going to start to attract attention. I just don't feel we get the best out of him in, in a wing role. I just don't no. think it fully utilizes him, but then what do you do with him? Yeah. Oh, that's what I think we talked about in the preseason yeah. was I think he's better centrally or, or underneath a striker. Maybe he could be the second striker. To could be. Yeah, but I think, well... Yeah, you, you know that that could. I'm yeah. wondering if RDS can he play the wing? I'm not he sure. Can, yeah. he's, I mean, he, he's, he's he could play he's fast out. enough. He yeah. can when he's a full fitness. He can, but he, I don't, yeah, he's a different. He would be a very different type of winger than what they've yeah. been trying to do. I know. If he, said, if I you know. Could get him and Freddie switching a lot. Yeah. Because Freddie maybe out in the wing. I don't know. 
Well, probably not the best utilization. But the thing is, you want in in his in uh, MDS system, you want people to rotate at, at the front three. Yeah, that way that's you, what he said he was wanting. Yeah, to do. but they it doesn't seem to be happening. It just seems to be the wings that keep rotating, and then they just get lost outside in the wide areas. If we look at some of the ugly things, or the main ugly thing, which is our left back woes are continuing. It was an ugly arm to the face from Everton Louise on PC, which caused the eye injury that forced him out just before half time. It earned the RSL guy a, a yellow card. Should have been more. Do you, I, see, I don't know. It, there was no malice in it. No, you're right. Yeah, but it there did cause a, an injury. There wasn't. No, if it was, you're you're right. I'm probably going a little bit overboard. I'm still upset about uh, Jonas. I was going to say trust did. Jonas. Yeah, you didn't see a red in it. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but you were great. There wasn't like a. It wasn't a strike. It was more like flailing kind of thing that I don't know. If it had been a white cap guy and he'd been sent off, I would have thought it was harsh. Yeah. yeah. The other ugly thing as well, we talked about the penalty. Baird's dive. One thing I didn't ask you. Does he get fined or banned for embellishment? If, if the rules are set the way they are, uh, it looked like a dive to me. I think he gets uh, uh, banned. That, uh, that makes it worse for me. Masato because Kudo then asked. they've got three points from a, a dive. Yeah, Masato, remember Masato Kudo? Yep. Yeah, he got one year. Yeah. They, they give him a, he got a, he got called, he got given a penalty. Yeah, against Houston and Vancouver. Got given a penalty. Vancouver won 1 0 on the penalty. And then, yeah, he, was, he missed the next game because. Because the, the thing is, yeah, you ban him. You fine him. It doesn't help us. See, We've if it, lost three points see, because if, of that. If, if it was, if the Vancouver uh, Whitecaps had come back and maybe won, like, what, 2-1, right? That, then he would have just been fined. But because it caused uh, a loss for Vancouver and a win for RSL, that's why he would be banned. That was yeah. the rule, kind of. They, so, yeah, it would be interesting to see if Disco looks at it or whatever they're calling the, the group <laughs> yeah, that does that. it is now. We do at least have a new left back to come in. Yeah. And Mark DeSantis says he is fully fit and ready to go. <laughs> Albeit for just four months, Iraqi international Ali Adnan. Well, Adnan said himself that he. he, he DeSanto said that Adnan said he was good to go. Ah, yeah. No, he, yeah. They had talked to him and he said he's good to I go. I think most players are going to say. Yeah. We've got him to the end of June from Serie A side Udinese, although he had been on loan to At Atlanta. And there's a really good interview, and I don't know how reputable this site is. It's A H D A A F, Adaf. And they were breaking down what had happened with Adnan in Atalanta. And basically, which you have to feel it's the player or the agent that's told them everything that he said, he wanted to go and play the Asian Cup. They were fine with that, but they only wanted him to go when the FIFA window was open for it. He wanted to go a little bit earlier to take part in the camp because he hadn't been playing for Atalanta. So you have to feel, well, that's fair enough. And then he was told, well, if you go, there'll be repercussions. He went... Scored a goal in the opener against Vietnam. Got a text from the coach saying, well done. Came back, although he went what, to a couple of days to rest. Was told, no, we need you back because you're going to be part of the team for one of the next two games. Flew back early. Was then not part of the team and was sent home from the second game against Juventus that he thought he was going to play in. And then just before he went home, he was told, oh, you have to find a new club. We don't want you anymore. So he's... His his old club, Udinese, have complained and yeah. taken his side. But he said, look, I don't want anything to do with him. I want to just go out on loan for four months and then fight for his spot at Udinese. Yeah. So it doesn't look like we're probably going to sign him at the end of that. So it's a short-term thing, which you said they might look at. And I poo-pooed that. So 
I'll give credit to you there. I think so. I, I don't like a four-month loan. No. I just think it's terrible. But I, but this guy, uh, from especially the way you're describing it, he sounds motivated. Yes. So I think oh, he's, he's gonna he's yeah. gonna do a good job. He also seems really good. If he if he plays four uh, four months, I think we're gonna get the best four months out of him for sure. Yeah. I, I think there's upside in that respect, and then I think DeSantis' comments have basically been make it sound sorry make it sound like that there's a left back coming in July. Yeah, but yeah, so it, it leaves them to to look for that. If we were to make a play for him, his going rate on the transfer sites are like five to ten million. So that's so I don't think that's happening. No, for but a that's back. That, but that's good for us that yeah. you know, we get him for oh, four yeah, months. To get a guy you... like that, four goals and forty nine appearances for the Iraqi national team, sixty eight appearances in Serie A for Atalanta. He's and also it, played in Turkey, so I mean, he's really experienced. And the positive is Brett Levis is going to get a lot of time to rest and heal up. Yes, because yeah. he ain't seen the pitch if this guy's going no. to go. And so this is kind of like this year's Jordan Much. Yeah, <laughs> except shorter. And I haven't seen what his Twitter profile is like. Just some quick words. I think he's six foot though. Six foot one. Six foot one. Oh. And, yeah. His so highlight he, reel is a good highlight. So reel. you're going to get the you're going to get the Cornelius height, and you're going to be able to get a guy and that plays left back. I can play left back. Yeah. Just before we wrap this section up, a couple of quick words just about some of the other guys. Max Cripple, I thought very, he had a, uh, very good, had a yeah. good week. A yeah. little bit curious to see how he would have responded to last week. A couple of big saves, an early save of the year contender as well, I think, from the, the Krylarch header. I thought he did well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's faced two penalties and they were like virtually perfect penalties. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> They're both do. in the same spot. Even if he guessed right on the, this one, yeah. he, would, he was never no. going to get to that. Although it would have been ridiculous, I would have liked to have seen Zach McMath sub on for PC when he was injured. <laughs> just so we can say everyone's swapping a PC for a Mac these days. But we didn't get to do that. One happen. day. One day. Johnny Risi, he played a more defensive game this week and I didn't think he was as slow but then maybe the pace of the game wasn't so fast because Minnesota were a lot faster than than what RSL were, and RSL went closing them down. I don't think as much. Um, only fifty five passes this week for him, but I, he's settling in. I don't think he's the dynamic player that we maybe hoped for so far, but we'll see. That's fair. And I liked what we saw from Andy Rose. Yeah, I did. But too. I do wonder. Are we going to see Andy Rose for away matches and Felipe for home matches? Because they do bring a kind of different dynamic to the team. And MDS has stressed the need to play attacking, attractive football at home. If England, but I felt like Rose was more into the attack than Felipe was, though. If well, you he think had of that, that chance, yeah, yeah, early on. If England's Rose is going to be a difference maker in, in, for Vancouver this year, that's, a, I think, a bit of a problem. I consider yeah. you, you saying that. High in when, when no, 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 no. I know, I just, like... You know, yes. you know people who've told you, "Hey, like he's a squad player." Here. Yeah. Like, and so if he is somehow now someone who's going to be, yeah, changing games for you. Hey, if he changes them, I'll take anyone at this point but, in time. But but he he hasn't, right? No, not so far. He's only had one one out. And I personally consider you saying Ringless Rose as you saying his name. Yes, I know. Yeah, that's officially you saying his name because you you don't say Colombians. Colombians of Montero. I said his name. I said actually, his, he might have said Montero tonight. I have to play that back. No. no. Oh. I said I said his name in the off season. Oh, He's no. different than the Colombian. Anyway, we'll be back in the next part with a, a quick look ahead to the game next week against Houston and what happened in MLS this weekend. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
The Prodigy there. Breathe. One of their two, I guess, probably their big breakthrough hits that they had worldwide. Firestarter was another one. Firestarter and Breathe were the two things that sent them into being a global band. Played in tribute for the late, great Keith Flint. Died this week, aged 49, and such a, a charismatic frontman. He started off as just a dancer with the band. Yeah. It was Liam Howlett's band, and then gradually he became the lead singer. And that was one of the songs that, that he sang on. And he didn't sing, Did he sing on Firestarter? He know. sang Firestarter as well. So oh, yeah. Two, their yeah, two big, yeah. big breakthrough hits were actually Keith on, on vocals, and it just... So sad, he took his own life. He was going through a divorce. Yeah, he had just put his house up for sale that meant so much to him two days earlier, and seemed to shock the band. They didn't see it coming, and just terrible, terrible loss. Seen the prodigy a lot over the years. They were a band that kind of helped bridge people that liked indie rock music with dance music, and such a great entertaining band live and they were about to go on a North American tour as well they weren't coming here I was disappointed they weren't going to come here so don't know what the future is going to be for the band yeah they, they might have to find the, maybe they find somebody else I don't know maybe the, I could go I back to a, Liam just doing the, the yeah. vocals but um, but a lot of deaths this week yes, <laughs> a lot not, of big, not been a good week at all you got uh, Luke Perry yeah oh, that, uh, that fa- was uh, Beverly Hills 90210 and yeah. Farther of Archie my and father, father of Arch. Jungle Boy. Yeah, Jungle Boy. Yeah. The wrestler from AEW. Yeah, he, he, uh, yeah my wife and uh, some of her friends were very heartbroken. Yeah, I know a lot of uh, <laughs> friends of mine that were <laughs> that would have been too. Um, obviously, uh, in the wrestling, you talk about Jungle Boy. King Kong Bundy oh, passed yes. away. Oh, I, I thought I was going to text you when I heard. Yeah. He was one of the guys I actually knew. Yeah, and he he was, I think, WrestleMania 2 is when he fought Hulk Hogan. Yes. And, and then Hulk Hogan like, cheated him out of winning that? Hulk Hogan was never a cheater. He was oh. the one that was the good guy. No, I know he was a good if guy. If you ignored the steroids and the racism. Yeah, whatever. Um, and then uh, and then obviously the the final one. Oh, there was one. Oh, uh, from Airwolf. Yes, John Michael Vincent. Yeah, I that one I, I, I saw him, but I, I didn't connect for the Airwolf. Because Airwolf, you just remember the helicopter, really. You yes. don't remember the actual was actors. was it one of my favorite shows from the 80s. No, it was on the whole... Um, Knight Rider yeah. kind of kick, yeah. A team kind of kick. There was another one of those, but I watched those other two yeah. more. Night Night Rider, yeah, do, 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 do. or something. Yeah, something there's, like a, there's a great Frankie Boyle sketch about Night Rider, where it's basically just a guy that's high on drugs and he thinks his car is talking to him. <laughs> Check that out on YouTube; it's really good. Ah, let's hope we're all kind of hallucinating, or not hallucinating, a win next week. Let's hope there is a win next week for the White Caps in Houston. Houston, unbeaten from their first two matches. 1-0 draw at home to RSL in their opener, followed by a 2-1 come-from-behind win at home to Montreal on Saturday. They left it late. Safir Tader got his second goal for Montreal in two weeks. He got an assist as well. He's looking at a good acquisition for Montreal. He was good last year too. But the impact clearly didn't get the memo. And that allowed Memo Rodriguez to tie things up just oh, a couple of minutes later. I see what you did there. Long-range screamer. Possibly goal of the week, but there was a another one from the, the LA game. to the, No, the Dallas game, actually, that might rival that. We'll oh, yeah, come the to top that. corner one. That yeah. was another. But I think Rodriguez might just take it. And then it was left late, but Myro Minotas hit the winner four minutes remaining. Two goals and, and two games for him as well. Couldn't really miss. Tucked it away from three yards out from a, a, a Kyoto cross. 
just showing that deadly Houston attack that the Whitecaps really have to watch out for. Houston have four of their first five matches at home. And yeah. again, this plays into the whole weather thing. Yeah, because the schedule's this... crap. Yeah. It's like it's getting teams off to good starts. It's got strong home records or putting a, a team like RSL possibly in the back foot with so many games on the road. But honestly, if you're if you're visiting Houston, you want to visit them at the at beginning of the season, at the end of the season. You don't want to visit them in the middle. That is the true. Gets really we hot. have been there in the summer and, even, and stuff before. Even though it's not as hot as it normally is, I think that like this this is an example of the Montreal yeah. game that it gets hot and the people the players get worn down there because they're not used to it this early in the year and Houston's able to take advantage of tired players. Well, Houston's also not the fortress that it used to be. No. I mean, we spoiled their unbeaten record a couple of years back and since then, other teams have won there. They, they had six defeats and only eight wins from the 17 home matches last year. So it gives you some hope. And another thing that might give the Whitecaps some hope is Houston might be tired because they're travelling back from Mexico having played Tigres on Tuesday night in the Champions League. Yep. It already looks like they're out yeah, of so the tournament. It depends so on might, how much they, they play. Yeah, right? They might not take their full squad to that. Do you see it having an impact or do, do you feel they might rest some of their top guys? Because they, they I, do look out. I think MLS will kind of push. I don't know how much MLS has to do with this, but MLS ha- will try to get them to play as many strong players because they don't want to be completely blown out of the water and yeah, be well, an embarrassment. It wasn't a good week for, for MLS teams on the whole. Yeah. Sporting Kansas City, probably the only team have that's a got a good shot yeah. of, of getting through the semis. Yeah, you you got to think it takes some concentration off the weekend match. Uh, and some, re- you know, some, you know, uh, energy and physical resources away from it, and so best thing would have been if they'd been going with a one nil lead or something, or yeah, or, or a nil draw nil or something, yeah. anything. Yeah, but it, it you know, it, hopefully for Vancouver's sake, it does give them a, a somewhat of an advantage because obviously they're not traveling. <laughs> so, what changes do you think you see in the starting lineup? I, I think they'll probably see Ali Adnan come in. Oh, right uh, off the bat. Back. Yeah. If oh, he's yeah. fit to go, he'll be in. Yeah. You already told us he was. He said well, he, he was. Well, he said he is. All right. I, I genuinely think we'll see Scott Sutter at right back, but at the same time... He has played in Orlando, so he's kind of used to the yeah, heat Yeah, but Mark DeSantis might not want to drop Jake. Just because, Just yeah. because he, yeah. he might say, I'm not dropping you because of the penalty, but it's going to look like I'm dropping you for giving away two penalties. Yeah. And he did have a, a decent offensive output. Yes. So I think that's a 50-50. Or possibly Jake just edging it 55-45. Yeah. Who plays the central midfield spot that, next that's, to that's the thing. In bomb and uh, I think Rose did enough to stay in. Yeah. Or does Tiber get in? Because if he's fully mm, fit to go. Yeah, could try that and yeah. see how he goes. Because he'll, he'll I wouldn't win. be averse to that. The thing is, with him, is he'll he's such a buzzsaw in the middle of the central midfield that he'll win the ball back for those two, and then allow them to create and maybe give him the uh, the green light to push forward into the box and be a hassle in there too. Yeah, I think it's got to be a reset and an inbound. That's have obvious. To, have, yeah. have, to, have to start. I, I I could see him going back to Felipe. Hmm. Yeah, I I could see even Venuto and Bengura starting. If, if they if 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 they're not on the wings, yeah. What and drop Reina or drop yeah. Reina back to the midfield? Even no, that that's a possibility too. There's, there's a lot of options there. I think. Well, that, that's I, I I would be tempted to throw Rds out but, on the right wing. I think it might be too. Reina on the left, Montero up front. I, I like. RDS. I think that's the most disjointed of the of the, of the options yeah, you have. I'm a disjointed kind of guy, yeah. or at least my hand is just now. <laughs> 
Is it swelling? I think it is swelling now. Okay. We need to get ice. There's ice here. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do that the next break. Quick prediction then. I'm gonna go long prediction. uh, No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go based on last year where nobody expects him to do anything. I'm actually I was gonna say a draw, but I'm gonna go for a two nil win. For Vancouver, Vancouver. I'll say a Wang. It's Wong. Yeah, Wong. Vancouver. I'm gonna go three one Houston. I'm gonna go two nil Houston. So Steve, the most optimistic. And and I think not an uh, an attacker doesn't score. I think it's someone other. It's a midfielder or defender that. I I just think I just think this is a game where like last year, like obviously this is a totally different team. But last year there were so many games where no. People just wrote them off. They go, "There's no way they're yep. winning it." And the under, like the Portland game, nobody expected them to win that, and they won that. This game. isn't the Robo Whitecaps, so Steve. Uh, maybe, maybe better. <laughs> just a couple of tweets before we get into our MLS weekend review. Austin Sweeney says, "Can we start a GoFundMe page for MDS so he doesn't have to worry about getting fined and he can tear the league a new one?" And Greg Petrie says he spent the last two days watching the the Rugby Sevens tournament and the Six Nations. And it's stunning how much better rugby uses video review compared to MLS. It's quick, it gets the call right, and the ref is mic'd up so you hear exactly what he's seen and looking for. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Rugby have done it so well for years. And it's astonishing and they, how simple it is for BC Place to do GA for, for those games. And they respect. Oh, I didn't know it was. And they respect the referees there too. Aaron Salveson says, regardless of the non-penalty, we're still not generating anything in the way of serious offence. Let's not spend the season blaming things we can't control, such as VAR, penalty decisions, stuff like that. We need to be better. And I think we will be. Sooner rather than later, we'd be nice, though. Austin Sweeney replied to that to say, he agrees, but this league has had shit officiating for years and they slap anyone who questions it with fines because, God forbid, they put their hands up and say, yes, the league has to improve officiating. He wants more Mike Pitkey interviews with pictures and printer issues. Still going to be an all-time classic. I, I feel I'm going to be talking about that on my deathbed. Hopefully in a number of years to come. So let's get to our MLS weekend review. Quick weekend review. We'll try and do this in 10 minutes or less. We'll mostly just look at the West, where the Caps are sitting second bottom. One of only two teams in the West still looking for their first point. The other being San Jose, who, who do look a shambles. Three teams are sitting at the top on full points, six points from their first two matches. That's Seattle, LAFC, and last week's cap conquerors, Minnesota. There's actually six teams in the West and six teams in the East, though, that are undefeated from from the first two weeks of the season. So that's quite an interesting start for a number of teams. Your Johnny Russell FC is in there, right? No, they lost their first one. Yeah, oh, to LAFC, LAFC yes. right. Oh, sorry. They did win tonight. Yeah, they did, they did good today. Yeah, the weekend started with what I think is a big 2-0 win for Dallas. I know they were at home. It was over LA Galaxy, though, who did get the win last week, although they were made to work for it. It was two goals in an eight-minute second-half spell, which included one of the goals of the week contenders from Brian Acosta, and Dallas had dominated possession. But interestingly, the Galaxy had no Zlatan, and they said it was an Achilles issue. 
Why did the Dallas switch to artificial turf? Mm, interesting. No. no. Oh, okay. But oh, I thought that was the reason why he gets Achilles issues. If he just sat out because he didn't want to travel to away games, then that's not good. But no, I don't it, think. No. That, I don't if think it that's is a genuine Achilles yeah, issue. That I, that's even more quite, concerning. Yeah, that could be quite crippling for the Galaxy. Are you, are you saying a thirty? What is he? Thirty-five, thirty-six. Thirty-five. I, I think he's thirty-seven. Really? I could have sworn he's, he was older. Was, are you saying a thirty-five-plus-year-old's Achilles doesn't heal quickly? Well. Let's get Gio back on the line. If we, uh, he's probably on speed dial just in case. Who? Gio DeSantos? Oh, right. If you, if you look at... He is 37, Latin, well done. If you look at how they played, though, LA Galaxy without Zlatan and without Ola Kamara, not looking that good a team. Did they sell him or is he yeah, still in the yep. China? Yep. Right? Oh, I don't know. What, I didn't even remember when that happened. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I wasn't paying attention. You, you need to pay attention to your section of, of BC soccer web headlines. But yeah, good win for Dallas. But yeah, if Galaxy are going to be without Zlatan for a while, it looks like it could be a bit of a tough slog for them. Yeah. Now, last week, Minnesota beat the White Caps. Was it a fluke? Has Minnesota turned the corner or was it just down to Whitecaps not having cohesion and a chemistry and just still finding their feet? Could be a bit of both. We still don't really know, but Minnesota followed it up with a back-to-back road win, albeit in San Jose. 3-0, though. It was a pretty impressive showing for Minnesota. Well, again, if you if you watch the game or you watch the highlights or you see part of it, like... It's not hard to see, how, you know, how they're doing this. They have Darwin Darwin Quintero, who is a, a guy, who a difference will, maker, he's a different maker. He will win you games. He, elev- he, he, he elevates the play of other the players around him. He yeah. won. He literally won them the match again. Scored the penalty. Went to the same side a little bit lower this time, and he beautifully set up the other goal on a bar. Yes. And yeah. then the only reason he didn't get in on the third goal was because it was an OG. Yes, he is the kind of guy. That has what it takes to be an MLS MVP. Yeah. And if, if he can get Minnesota into the playoffs, I f- feel he's got a good shout at doing For that. Sure. But San Jose, we, we talked pre-season, we wondered what they were going to be like. They've got a, a good new coach, but they haven't seemed to back up the coach signing with, with quality additions on the pitch. They're still starting Wando up front. He had two shots the whole game. Oh, and the, you see the one, I think it was near the end. Oh, it was a bad miss. Oh, no, I didn't. He was kind of like almost alone. He had pressure coming from the sides, but he was alone. He shanked it to the left. It was bad. He's not going to catch landy cakes at this no. at this rate. But you have to feel... I mean, he will, but... It, yeah. Well, will he? he? Be, uh, sorry, he better. He better. <laughs> yeah. They can't surely keep going with him up front. That just seems crazy stuff. I'm wondering if the, he like moves on in the summer to another team that's maybe uh, higher in the standings to be like a, one of those strikers off the bench. Nah, he, Wando? He, yeah. He's San Jose no, to yeah. I know, I know, but you never know. Maybe they give him a shot to win something in, in his last season. It's not like hockey. He's, it's not like he's never won anything. Seattle, though, talking to teams that sadly have won things. Unfamiliar. They've actually got off to a strong start. We're not used to this. Undefeated. Back-to-back home wins, and they got it done early this week. Lear Dam in the fifth minute, and then Rui Diaz again three minutes later. But Kai Kamara and the Rapids were busy. They actually outshot Seattle, 8-7 eight, eight to seven in the end, but really, Sounders kind of comfortably he- held on. And it's, it's concerning that they've started strong because we know they always finish strong. Or they're going to reverse it. Yeah, yeah. maybe they reverse it this year. Um, Jordan Morris was offside twice. 
on one of the goals, which is an interesting thing to happen. The first one? I think it might have been the when first When Howard one. was complaining yeah. about it? How he complains about anything anyway. But it's disheartening that, yeah, they're up They're, they're two, looking good. They're up 2-0 before 10 minutes and then just... Yeah, you could say they played Cincinnati and they played Colorado, who I know a lot of people don't fancy for the playoffs, so they maybe played two lower teams. The big test is going to be when they, they play one of the top teams. And, of course, they have Vancouver at the end of the month, so that will be their, their biggest test yet. You can be sure <laughs> of that. Maybe. Sporting KC, they did get their first win of the season. Another comfortable win, 2-0 over Philly. But they're, they're not looking great. I said it's comfortable, but they're still not looking great. It was a bit of a crazy match. Yeah, Philly played with 10 men for the last half hour. Well, it was only a late second goal that, that KC got. Well, their new DP, the Mexican, um, Fe- Fabian, yes, got stopped on a penalty. Yellow. Oh, well, yeah, he got stopped on yes, a penalty. So they were, they were down. They, Sporting was up 1-0, and then... The union missed a penalty, and then they had the sending off, and then, then the, and it was OG, right? I yeah, think it was an OG. It was, it was a cross, and that a, I didn't write down. Yeah, no, it was an OG. So the, it was a good week for the, for OGs, and <laughs> oh, and it MLS. was yes. Harold Cummings was a, a nice one. <laughs> one of the matches of the week rounded off the weekend, and LAFC dominant against Portland. Mark Anthony K. Great to see him back on the score sheet. Canadian guy. Happy for him. Really rooting for him. He was so good for LAFC before the injury last year. Got them off to a great start 14 minutes in. But then Jeremy Ebobisi tied it up for Portland in the 29th. Christian Ramirez made it 2-1 in the stroke the, at half time. The Christian Ramirez goal, I thought, I thought, oh, this was a beautiful ball from Jordan Harvey. And it still was pretty good, but it was a deflected ball in. But it was, ni- it was nicely set up. Adama Diamande and Carlos Vela hit two in three second half minutes to secure the win. I don't think there was a beer shower for Diamande this Diamande, this week. I swear he was offside. It was. It looked it, but I'm sure VAR looked at it, and VAR's yeah. never wrong. I think maybe Jonas got there in time for that oh, game. Oh, possibly. We should yeah. check out our Jonas watch. And then we'll just round up our MLS review with the East, the only game in the East we want to talk about. Big congratulations to Alan Koch, Pamadou Carr, and Spencer Ritchie, who got his first start for Cincinnati, and only his second ever MLS start. Cincinnati got their first point of the MLS era away to the champs, who were unfurling their banner and yeah. everything. Seventy thousand fans there. It was one all draw. It was a bit strange. Like some could I, have been a two-one win as well. Yeah, I had the game on while I was hanging out with the offspring and whatever. But uh, whoa, that's pretty fly for a white guy. I mean, my children. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was impressed that you had some big name band friends. No. Um, Tequila. So. <laughs> oh, oh, no, that was the song. Um, no, but uh, I was surprised as even some of the substitutions for Frank DeBoer. Like, it was yes. it was a little bit weird. Like, it felt like, you, well, the game's over. We're just going to take off some of these, some of their key big name players, even. Now, I know it's the second week of the season. Yeah. Oh, and they, and they do but, have Champions League. They do have Champions yeah. League. Is De Boer under pressure? Is it way too early to say that? What was the score in the first game? Their first game? 2-0, they lost to DC. Oh, right. Yeah, there's probably some pressure there, yeah. And and they lost in the Champions League. Yeah. yeah. There's a Twitter account. I can't off the top of my head remember what it is, but it's something like De Boer must go or something. It's absolutely hilarious. Well, yeah, but like... I know a lot of people are making fun of Atlanta supporters because it's like you've been here two years. Yeah, you already won. You need to relax. 
It's like those pesky Man United fans just always wanting success. I don't know why you're looking at me. I, I never tweet about Man United. <laughs> I don't really care. You guys tweet about your teams more than I do. Touch the nerve. No, I didn't. You didn't say it. It's incorrect. That's what you're talking about. Check my Twitter feed. Anybody out there can check it. See if you see a Man United tweet. In eight years. <laughs> Back to Atlanta. Yeah, their fans are some of the worst going. I when I li- loved it in the first half, and I tweeted this out. It wasn't about Man United, but I tweeted this out. That it looked like they, they did the VAR review. And Martinez was so sure he was going to get a penalty that he picked the ball up and went to the penalty spot to put it down. Because yeah. last year, any VAR review seemed to give either something in favour for Atlanta. So it's like, oh, it must must be this again. They're not the chosen ones anymore. No. The, the one, I don't know who is. The, but so I think Richie played a great game. Oh, he right. had a big Spencer stop in Ritchie, the second half. Yeah, yeah. Spencer Richie had a really solid game. I they think sh- he's taken the starter's jersey, which is fantastic for him. And Kendall in the defense other than giving up the early goal. Well, let's talk about that well, first goal. Okay. Well, the, well, the one thing is you're going to see about that first goal is you're going to see a lot of Kendall Watson getting mad at Nicholas Hagelin. Yeah. That's going to be at a recurrence. And I tweeted this out. I thought it was all in Kendall. But watching it again, yeah. it's like, Hag- oh, you know what? Hagelin. Hagelin. Let, let, let Martinez yes. go. But there should have been a shout to Kendall. Kendall, though, should have been aware that he was right behind him. But Martinez just showed that this is a centre-back pairing that is going to struggle at times. Kendall should have realised that Hickles Hangland is his centre-back partner. Yes. <laughs> but here's the thing. All that money given up. But here's the thing. Right, yes. That, that was not, it was not a good play. But aside from that, they kept them... Uh, well, this, that. Yeah. For Steve, it was a clean sheet. <laughs> right from yeah, Spencer away. Spencer got the clean sheet. The one person I was not super impressed with was was Scooter. He, yeah, playing a central midfielder, attacking midfielder, second striker. What was it? He was supposed to bring it up front, wasn't he? Well, the way that they had the lineup, he was playing behind Addy when they, they did oh, the thing okay. at the start. Maybe the one I couldn't on, work maybe out the one on what line, he was meant to be I doing. I thought the one online I saw was two. Maybe, but maybe I'm thinking of. I, I think I, I just couldn't work out what he was playing. But I think they got to be patient with him because I think that is a very effective spot for him. Or like the Seattle away is what you're thinking. Yeah, look, yeah. well, yeah, but I, I even the I think it was the Toronto mm. game when him, him and Eric Hurtado yeah, uh, yeah. had a big game. Yeah. I, I think th- that middle position is effective for him. He's just got to work in because he hasn't played it probably for a the, while. The, well, Paul Dalglish, his old coach at Austin, said that's where his best is through the middle. Not to make the second. A FIFA. I mean, I'm going to make a second FIFA reference in in the show, but there was a one play where he looked like a, a, a guy who was holding the the speed burst too long and just ran the ball out of play. Like it was mm. really sad, but not a great game for him, but a good no. result for the team. Not really a fantastic weekend MLS, but that is it all rounded up, and we will be back with some CPL news of the week and a fun game we're going to play during this week's wavelength. After this. Hi, this is Andy Rose, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
Oh, a song from Steve there that could have been selected by me, Elastica. Band I went to see a lot in the 90s. Yeah, and uh, the reason why is because it was prominently featured in a movie that came out this yeah, this week, uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, oh yeah. Did it. you like it? Oh, I enjoyed it. I don't think it was as great as some of the other movies, but I think it had uh, some handcuffs behind it because of the, the way it was set up and everything. I 100% concur with you, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, like I it was, I enjoyed. My son liked it more than I did. Yeah, but I was like, it's good, yeah. but it's not like because it's not as wow as some of the other. I think because of the fact that there, the way it was set up and everything. Yeah, I, yeah like that. There was it was just we, uh, off a little. Yeah, hmm. but it, I mean, enjoyable and worth seeing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, if it's I, got Elastica songs in it, I think it definitely. Is. That's b- a weird choice of song to have in it. No, it's well, no, because it was set, all based in the nineties. The movie oh, was based in the nineties, okay. so that's why they had a lot of nineties. There's music. a blockbuster video in it. Yeah. There's still one of them alive, or around. Where is they're it? Not, they're not real. I can't remember. I think it's somewhere in the south. Yeah, of south, southeast, southern. Um, uh, the, and also in there, the best part of her uniform was that they had the mohawk. Yeah, yeah. coming up the middle. And speaking when she, of when she's in space. Yeah. Right. Well, speaking of hair, uh, if we want to tie back to 1979, this week is the week that, that hair, the musical, came out. Oh, I like hair. I miss hair. <laughs> See, I concur with that yeah. as well, Michael. I'm all right with it. Um, uh, uh, also, uh, number one in the charts, uh, Rod Stewart got knocked out by Gloria Gaynor. I will survive oh. this week, yeah. Rod Stewart, the Celtic supporter? Yeah. First I was afraid. <laughs> I was shitting myself. That's the Scottish version of it. You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And we're going to have our wavelength section of the show now. And I never explained this last week. March, as you know, was meant to be Football Violence Awareness Month. You say that every month. But I, I think I think the folk in the UK are raising football vi- football violence awareness levels to, to quite a high high level, judging by what happened at the weekend. Some interesting hooliganism, yeah. if we want to say. There, there was some stuff today. Oh, do you want to talk about it now? Yeah, let's okay, talk about well, that now. Well, we'll cut it out of headlines then. Yeah. Um, the, the Birmingham Derby that, between Birmingham City and Aston Villa. That was a huge one because it was a, a, a solid like strike to his his back of his neck. Yep. Head Guy in a flat cap, Birmingham yeah. City fan, runs on, hits Tony Grealish, the Aston Villa skipper. Jack. Jack, Jack Grealish. Yeah. Did he go down a bit easy? <laughs> Caught in the net. I'm joking. I'd like to see what Eunice makes of it. Who? Oh, is that what their thing's called? No, that's the VAR. Eunice? Was it not Eunice, the guy that was in charge of... Oh, oh right. Eunice. How have you forgotten him already? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, no, but it, 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 was, it was... He definitely took more contact than no, Corey it was, Baird. It was... Sorry, I was joking. It was a, it was ridiculously brutal and... Yes. And, and ridiculous. And, and, but the thing is... It looked, it looked like a Sunday league. The, th- the one thing is... is I, the one, one thing I was impressed about is none of the, uh, the West Ham players... Oh, Aston Villa, they, sorry. They West have nothing to do with it. No, no. The, none of the Aston Villa players or even Grealish actually went after the the fan because if they had attacked him, yeah, they, they would have got a yes, red card. Because we've seen so, that in yeah, some games before. So uh, so it was good. That, and the steward was right behind him and he caught, caught him. Yeah, but right, then, right behind him. Way to go, steward. Yeah. But then Grealish, I know, it yeah. makes, it makes the, the stewards look as good. I don't know if BC Place Security were there taking the weekend off for the rugby, but... Are you talking about the goal? Yes, Grealish yes, then scores the, time. the winning goal. But you know what happened to him after yes, that? Yeah, he runs he into kicked. the crowd and then a steward knees him a couple of times and then the steward gets arrested by the police as <laughs> yeah, well. taken away. And policemen's hats were getting knocked off and I chaos. Did, I didn't see that video clip. The, 
the NBC people because it was they oh. showed it during the oh, what was it, the Burnley Liverpool game. They showed it at halftime and then afterwards, and oh, they were like, oh, it's terrible. There's a bitter rivalry and going on and on and on about it. And it's like, oh, I've never seen anything like this in football and blah, blah, blah. I just want to point out that once again, Scottish football leads the way yeah, in, the, in the world. It happened earlier. It happened on Friday night yeah. in, in the Hibs Rangers game. This was more of a confrontation. It was no physical Well, we attack. did throw a punch. Was he? Yeah. Well, it wasn't that um, much of a punch. A, a Hibs fan ran on from a section which just the weekend before, the same section had thrown a glass Buckfast bottle empty. Don't want to don't waste your Buckfast. Uh, Celtic Scott Sinclair but he had just happened to bend down to place the ball for a corner so it just flew over his head and missed him but this guy runs on the pitch runs up to Tavernier the Rangers guy and starts to kick the ball initially away from him and then Tavernier kind of squares up to him and then he's kind of like trying to throw a punch at him he looked out of it yeah. And then, but Scottish football leading the way. And then later on today, after the Aston Villa Birmingham game, uh, uh, an Arsenal fan came on the field after a goal by Arsenal and shoved uh, Chris Smalling of Man United against your Man United. Yeah, and, and shoved him, <laughs> and then and then kind of went off and celebrated with the fans. <laughs> and then, but he got arrested too. So uh, num- nobody really gets away with it. Someone did pose a question to me this morning on Twitter. Hypothetically. If you were to run the pitch and punch a player in the face, which player would you pick? <laughs> in you MLS, know, I'm still going with Nanny. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say oh, you, that's yeah. been a Well, who, who knows what will happen when Corey Baird comes back. That's been a long, days. long feud, though, with Nanny. Yeah, I just can't stand Nanny. He has got a, a face you want to punch. I'm not condoning it. That could I be. Wait, usually, you condone it. I wouldn't it. condemn it either. But that, we condemn, you condone. That's how this works. Don't oh, run on the BC you, Place pitch <laughs> and punch. Now. Sorry, I just want to say one other thing. Um, did you see a tweet? I can't remember who it was. It was either a, a representative He's, from one of the teams. They got mixed up with the condone condemn thing in there. Um, oh, it could have been, or it could have been an FA executive. I can't remember what it was, but they got messed up. And we somebody, can we condone somebody, this behavior. Yeah, somebody somebody tweeted that out. Uh, like a reporter tweeted the oh, comment must be, out. Must be Birmingham City fans. Um, you um, you won't have to worry about anyone punching Nanny in the face at BC Place this year, unless it's an MLS Cup. I know because I know. Oh, that, that was why I said yeah, that okay. because they're. Well, they I was thinking. I was thinking that's a great tifo. Up, uh, have his face, and then you somebody punches it in the face you want to punch. <laughs> you like the animated tifo. You have to work on a Corey Beard tifo for when RSL come up. Maybe a guy falling over. Some some submarine or something. No, no, you, you both. You you're good with stuff like that. Can't you do the thing where the guy you, you see the this it falling down? It's a stick of him, and he fall just drops. Or here's a song for you: Corey Baird is falling down, falling down, falling down. Corey Baird is falling down, diving bastard. That, that, that's one. That's more likely. Yes. I think that. Or you see, we'll make the call. I'll I'll, I'll do that from the press Eunice? box. If no Eunice, that's 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 I'll, I'll lead. I'll lead the chant. I'll be capoin from the press box. Do it. If I still have my pass by then, depends if someone has punched Nanny in the face. <laughs> Anyway, let's move into this week's wavelength. And for, for the two of you... we got to pay attention this Yes, time? for the two of you oh, in the studio and the millions listening around the world. Just taking that from Michael Buffer. So please, no dancing then. No dancing, no. Okay. This wavelength song, uh, this is a song which falls into the category that I like, where bands associate football phrases with everyday life. Especially if it's like a relationship or something. And a band that's really good at that is Welsh band Lost Campesinos. We've played them before in the show. So this is a song called Gloomy from their 2003 album No Blues. So I want to see how many football references you can pick up in this song. And I'll give you the answer 
in four minutes' time. The clouds salivating Drilling from the side The thought of the trouble The read To lightning breach their bellies Cesarean section washes people from every street It's high tide, sewers rise And the drains become obsolete Seems there's no place in this town For something as pure as you seem into headers Plug his pretty face where the boots are flying and bobbing rotten apples Water to my waist in a shark infested bed People laugh, they will call it folly But we connected like a yumbo of volley I'm taught in love, my worth in stamps But doing it in second class
Gloomy Los Campesinos. And I've got to say, that is one of the best songs we've played in Wavelength. I just, I've loved that song for years. Did you like that one? It is one of the better ones. Yeah. It was listenable. Now, lots of football references in that song. Zach has got some written down. I didn't write down. I I just picked the number because I asked you if you needed it. Yeah, we're going to go to you. How many did you get? I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going to guess 33. Slightly high. I will go. Is this like prices right? I can say thirty-two yeah, and I lower, win. Lower, lower. <laughs> thirty-two and then I win. Yeah, you've won. Okay, so let, tell me some that you may have got. Okay, well, oh, I didn't get I, it. I, I, this is at the beginning. Oh, what? I just guessed the number. This is at the beginning or the end. Uh, at the beginning, I thought he said the crowd was salivating. Yes. And then at the end, he said the crowd is celebrating. Yes. The crowd is singing. Oh yeah. Yes. And then he said the one of the there was diving know, headers. Yes. Give us a song. Like the give yep. us a song. Was yeah, a I one. like that as an ending. Diving into headers, like Steve said, boots yeah. flying. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I took the rotten apples because you have those in the dressing room. <laughs> um, vol- something about a volley. Yeah, yeah. This is my favorite line. People laugh; they will call it folly, but we connected like a yeboa volley. Yeboa, okay, Tony Yeboa. Tony Yeboa. Yeah, played in the Bundesliga. I heard that one. Yes. Forget about that. I Leeds. Just, that's just a fantastic. Forget one. about his time at Leeds. He was great in the Bundesliga. So, how many first. were there? Hang on, hang on. I'm keep going. I don't. Know. I don't, I don't have that much time. I put. Do. I put down. It hurts. Because that's. And then I put down tourists because we talk about that. See, I think I thought I thought it hurts too, but I thought it was every time he said that it hurts. So I'm assuming Uh, the number doesn't really matter. But it's not tourists; it's two wrists. Oh, because it's two wrist watches. Like a referee used to wear this two wrist watches. Because in case one packed in, he always had a backup wrist watch. There you go. Then I also have penalty. You mentioned a penalty. Yeah, Yeah. I remember that. Talking about an argument between them that he loses and so he leaves with all the dignity of a missed Panenka pellet penalty. Oh, pen- I didn't even hear the Panenka part. Uh, something about blocking out, like uh, loves. Those are the. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. So well done. So I I loved that. So what do I get? Like a Mars bar? What do I get? Nothing. You, you get my adm- admiration so, for so how taking much, part in this. How much was it then? It doesn't matter how many there was. Oh, you, I, I thought that was the whole point. No, you just had to name as many as you could. I could have sworn you said how many there were. You didn't say name. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember okay, that. Okay, well, you're both, you're both winners in my eyes. And I'll tell you who else is going to be winners. Three of the teams in the CPL, because they get all the advantages. <laughs> but the other four, I'm sure, as well. So let's round this section off with our CPL News of the Week. We'll just rattle through some of the, the bigger stories this Are week. Are you on the plane to Dominica? I'm thinking about Are, it. Or because sorry, the Dominican Republic. I actually, I don't want to go to Dominica because yeah. they'll be like, "What? I'm here to see Forge. <laughs> what? Valor? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Forge FC. Please get back on the plane, sir. We're not letting you in the country. Yes, if you missed it, we revealed it in last week's show. Pre-season for all the seven CPL teams from April 5th is going to be in the Dominican Republic. I googled Dominican Republic and it looks really nice. Yeah, there's some even great me that doesn't. I'm not a big beachy person, but it looks lovely. So Pacific FC is going to go from training on one beach to training yeah. on another. I thought beach. It was, like beautiful imagery this week. You've got the Pacific FC players training on a beach in Tofino, and the four Trinidad guys in <laughs> Halifax, Halifax pushing cars out the snow. <laughs> That's Canada. 
and it was they had some good shots too because they had the uh, the overhead uh, um, shot of them running on the beach uh, through it's a drone. Female, yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to see, uh, uh, I don't know if they would do it, but I know it sell a lot of tickets among the female fans. Is if you got the you know you had the James Bond. Um, thing of what coming, coming out of coming the water, water and yeah. and oh. the, the way Daniel Craig did it because Daniel Craig he was the we one we could do that for our AFTN promotion video there you go obviously probably the young preview podcast guys Gideon and Joe probably can do that better than us youth over experience I think that's what the white caps are going to be this year anyway another big announcement this week in the CPL that's Nike pretty big, pretty big one too yeah well, this Nike's w- the footwear and equipment so this would have must have been tied into their whole sponsoring the national team, right? This must have been done a yeah. long time ago. And they revealed the ball that they're going to be playing with too. Yeah. It's round. Yes. And white. Didn't see that coming. The ball is round. I think there's a little bit of red in there or something. Too. Yeah, it's yeah. Not as horrible as the RSL red in their strip. Which <laughs> my wife actually said, I had tweeted this out when I first saw the strip. She's like, is that blood in that guy's strip? I was like, no, that's their actual strip. Forge FC made a big announcement this week. They will not sell any tickets. Anyway, moving on. Uh, oh, no, just for, for one game. It's York 9 that's not going to sell any tickets. But Forge FC won't sell any tickets for their first ever match in the yeah. CPL. The first ever game with York 9. They're giving away the tickets, basically. All tickets are free. Yeah. And they ex- want to get a bumper crowd. And the thing is, but they do have, obviously, the people that paid for the memberships. Yes. They will, they, uh, uh, for their benefit will be, they will be able to get, uh, I think, up to six additional tickets. I yep. can't remember thinking. And then there's going to be competition. Yeah. yeah. Basically, if you want to go, you'll get to go. Yeah. And you t- said to me you were toying with going, did you not, Zach? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to make this, but uh, I know at least one person heading out from this. I'm definitely going to Pacific's home opening on the 28th. I should be joining you for that. And then I'm hoping to get the ferry from Victoria down to Oregon and have a little week down the coast. Oh. We might have to cancel that Sunday show because I'm not sure if any of us will be back to Are do you it. coming over to the island? Uh, I, that's a pretty big show to cancel when there's their opening game. <laughs> the thing. We can't. Well, we can speak to CITR and see if they can set up an outside broadcast to the island where their signal doesn't reach. We'll work on that. No, we well, should. How did the fundraiser go? Oh, yeah. That's, what we, that's what we raised the money for. Everyone that gave us money last week will use it for this outside broadcast. Do, do, we, do we reach our goals? I'm sure we did. <laughs> 10 million was a big ask, but I'm sure we did it. Maybe but, you could arrange uh, the, whoever the radio partner is with um, uh, Pacific FC to see if they, they, they'll give us a radio booth after the game and we'll record from there. Oh, interesting idea. You never Mi- know. We can do a Mixler show. Yeah. Oh, Mixler. The days. I miss those days. Sit In down. your living room watching football. <laughs> Sit down. Not lines. commenting on the game, no. but just sharing not. thoughts. <laughs> Although, there was a new show launched in the... turn off the mic at some point. Yes. <laughs> oh, please do not remind me of that incident. That thankfully went off without any hitches and was deleted quickly thereafter. Anyway, if you heard it, who you'll know what we're talking about. Who knew about. the microphone left on in your living room yeah. to pick things up in the kitchen? I know. I heard about our pizza choices and oh, everything. Some things they probably shouldn't have heard. There was a, a new show launched in the UK this week. Uh, comedians talking about football with friends, which I don't know if anyone's familiar with the show Gogglebox. With Rob Friend? No, but we could do that. Uh, Gogglebox is a TV show where just members of the public are watching TV and they're just commenting on it. So you never actually see the shows as such. So this was some comedians just sitting on a couch in front of a live studio audience watching Chelsea Fulham and Liverpool Everton. Kind of unfortunate that it was a nil-nil game to kick the series off. But I thought we could do that. 
we could watch some Whitecaps games, past, present, or TPL? and just sit on a couch and just talk about it for our pulled off at halftime or something. Make it CPL. Or CPL, yeah. If we can find out how to watch them. Well, I'm not paying for anything. I need free free access. We'll talk more but about back, that. But back to our CPL. There was a lot of player announcements over the last couple of weeks, and we won't go through them all, but I, there's a lot of players added from overseas. Some from South America, some from Europe. Do you see the CPL being a league of choice for these international players, or is it perhaps just the chance to play in the first season that's attracting some of these guys? Yeah, there's, there's that, and then the opportunity to to move on, right? To make a make a name or make a splash or whatever, and then and then move on. Whether that's after a short stint here or a longer stint, I mean, th- I mean that's part of the footballing world, right? Is uh, is starting at one level and moving to another. And so I think that's just in the same way we see that for these uh, these Canadian kids. I think other people around the world are seeing it as that. Yeah, because Halifax announced uh, a Peruvian, Juan yep. Diego Gutierrez, and we've got an interview on with site. him up yep. on AFTN. Gary Griffiths, our Halifax correspondent, has got in touch with him and did the interview, so that's up on the site. So my friends in Halifax out. are super excited about him. He, he looks like he'd be a good prospect. He's kind of fallen a little bit off the radar in Peru, so this is a chance to, to restart his career. Just talk about a couple of Pacific signings just to round this section off, really. Big addition, Canadian international, Izzy Nakajima Farron. 34 now, but you feel he's still got a lot left in his tank. And the experience he's going to bring. He's he's played in Japan, in England, in Denmark, Australia, Cyprus, Spain, Malaysia. Two spells in MLS with Toronto and, and Montreal. Wasn't happy, really with how MLS worked and all the crap that goes with players just getting punted without being asked about and stuff like that. Come back to CPL, and I think it's a it's a good addition. Oh, it's a really good The experience addition, for yeah. that young squad with him and Marcel, fantastic. Yeah, I know he hasn't played a lot recently, if memory serves correct, but yeah, I think he, he again, yeah, has the potential to be well, uh, an experienced player in what, what, what is a young team. You mean he didn't get enough time in Malaysia or he overall like in a good No, I thought the last two years he didn't play a lot of games. I, mean, I wasn't sure. I didn't. I, I thought I thought he came from the Malaysian team. I, I think it's a really good signing. And they kind of really uh, slowly have kind of put together a really decent team right now. I, like The only thing is I don't know a lot of the – Players that are signed by the other teams because I'm just not because they're not former. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are league. Yeah, that's one. a good point. They're yeah, a good lot point. of them are League One Ontario guys and guys that we just haven't well, seen. So one, of know. one of Pacific's new guys is League One Ontario, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean they've made, yeah, made a couple of centre back additions. Nolan Worth last week. Oh yeah, Nolan Worth, former yeah. Whitecaps two goalkeeper. He was briefly with Whitecaps too, and then kind of disappeared. No one said anything, and even in the press release, it just talks about how he went from Oregon State to Phoenix in USL and there's no mention of Whitecaps too it talks about Whitecaps residency but yeah. Yeah. very strange period that you'll be joining Mark Village in that uh, yes. another so, former Whitecap yeah. yeah. yep and this is the year for the village so should be good for Mark but one thing that Pacific's got going in their favour is this chemistry of these guys having played with each other for years through the Whitecaps system and I think that's going to to hold them in good stead for the spring season but speaking to a couple of guys, they think they won't be able to hold on to that momentum into the second half as other teams then find their feet in the field. They've got yeah. better players. And, and also their collected hatred for the Whitecaps too. Could we, could yes. Yeah, we can't say that. I'm sure they'd all love to come back. <laughs> <laughs> 
playing devil's advocate. But yeah, and last thing we'll just talk about, FC Cincinnati loaned Emery Welshman to Forge. TFC loaned Ryan Telford to York. So it's the first two loans from MLS teams. Do you see more of that? Would you like to see more MLS loans or? Well, uh, lo- like we've talked about before, uh, loans I'm okay with. Uh, I, I hope that there's not an officially uh, like an affiliation. Yeah, I don't but think the, there will. The greatest thing about this, though, is that the Ottawa Fury have been bypassed for those players. Yes, but Ottawa did get three TFC players on loan. Uh, TFC two players. Yeah, it's quite a difference. Oh, was it TFC two? Yeah, from the, oh. the third third division or something. Oh, I missed the uh, two. Or second USL division. Well, the one guy said he was he could have, I don't know, not the loanee, some other guy who could have gone to Montreal, but Montreal said, we're going to loan you to Ottawa right away. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to go to Ottawa. I don't like what's happening there. It's cold. It's to snow there tomorrow. I had the forecast on the way in. There you go. Anyway, that is our CPL chat for this week. We'll have more next week, including, hopefully, if things work out, an interview on the show. But we'll be back for the last part of this week's show after this. Hi, I'm Brennan McDonough, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, to the AFTN Soccer Show. Steve, <laughs> it's now time for your favourite part of the show. It's BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for local, national, international universal news stories links and a lot more everything you want in the world of football you'll probably find there maybe you'll find some good stuff and there's been a lot of stuff catching steve's eye this week and he's going to tell us about some of them right now yeah uh quick follow-up uh that's something we've talked about in the past uh uefa is a formally uh launching their investigation into manchester city's uh fair yes. financial play uh, conduct get them um, uh, but Man City is now denying the allegation. Before they were oh, saying we don't no. want people. The, the FIFA should be more interested in uh, pursuing the these hackers. hackers, which they have. I'll tell you about that in a bit. But uh, they're saying now they're denying the allegation and welcome the investigation in order to clear their name. So good for them. Uh, we'll see where that leads. Um, IFAB uh, in the news uh, early the, this week. They've made some rule changes. You are fab, Steve. Goals uh, now will be disallowed for even accidental handballs. Can we call that the Thierry Henry rule? Possibly, I don't think the I don't think the referee saw that at all. Though uh, players will now uh, another some other rules. Players will have to leave the uh, when they're getting subbed off. Have to leave at the nearest touch or goal line. I like that. Uh, keeper will only be required to have one foot on the line for penalty kicks, oh. which rarely happens because I don't think they keep e- either foot on. The yeah, line. yeah, yeah. That's- 
Good it's point. good for the Paralympics. Um, attacking players will not be able to stand. <laughs> oh, you caught me off guard there. Uh, attacking players will only be able to stand on the wall. That's interesting. They, wonder, they, wonder why it just attacking and, and, players. And they, and they, and they, and they, uh, they mentioned that the, 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 it has to be like a one meter uh, distance for actually from this, so about three feet from the wall as well so they can't even be close to the wall or, or the, so I don't know because that's, they, a, that's a bizarre they, they, they feel like it's time wasting because they're just jostling and arguing and it's, yeah they, they, need to, they need to stop that though yeah uh, so that those are the rules that are basically look like and they'll all be changing next season I don't know for MLS it could be next January because what, what's your favorite of the new ones I, I like the going off at the nearest yeah. touchline yeah yeah it'll it'll stop a lot of time wasting unless you're the team ahead then you'll be upset about it we talked about the hacker uh, that uh, leaked all the things. He's actually been, was arrested. He's lost his extradition hearing and will be sent to Hungary uh, from Hungary to Portugal if his appeal fails. Wow, they found uh, him pretty quick. Yeah, uh, he, they arrested him back in January. I didn't remember seeing this on, on the. Maybe I missed it uh, back then, but he is, oh. he's been arrested since January. He is responsible for football leaks, uh, which began in 2015 and were published in uh, Der Spiegel. Uh, they've uh, they've taken his computers and everything. They don't know. How much uh, the German newspaper has? If he, he, like they, he gave him everything at once, or he was giving him a little bit at a time, so they're not sure about that. Mm. Um, so, some great news for FIFA. <laughs> uh, it, they've been uh, you know tightening their belts and everything, but they don't really need to. Their uh, reserves uh, have soared to two point seven billion. That's the reserve they have, just in case something goes wrong. Uh, re- revenue is at six point four billion. This is the period from twenty fifteen after the uh, twenty fourteen World Cup to twenty eighteen, which is after the that one. It exceeds their projections, which was at one point six billion for uh, reserve and over just over five billion for revenue. The previous cycle, which was twenty fourteen, ended in twenty fourteen. Their reserve was at one point five uh, billion, and their uh, revenue was at five point seven billion. So, so what you're saying, Steve, is there's money to relocate that Qatari World Cup? Oh, we'll talk about oh, that in a second. Yeah, that's coming up in a bit too. Um, uh, what are they going to do with all these reserves? I don't know. They give they give a bunch of it out in those those gold projects, right, to countries that can't can't uh, afford certain things, like you know, all sur- all all weather pit, you know pit, turf pitches and. Yeah, that's what they they they, 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 they they when they used to have. I don't know if you guys ever read when they used to have the FIFA magazine. You could buy it, like chapters or whatever. Yeah, uh, they used to just every every issue would just have like, hey, this is what we're doing with all the money, and it would just like yeah. here, but, this is the, we built this pitch, we built this facility, we built an FA for this country who couldn't afford it, blah, blah all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and Ladder would use that to donate in order to get votes as well for the next yeah. election. Yeah, as well, true. that was a issue. So you're saying FIFA has more reserves or more money in reserves than the Whitecaps did in 2018? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, if you want to go to the San Siro, uh, nah. get there oh, by, no. get there by 2023. Cause it probably will, it's going to be replaced by then. The Milan clubs have agreed on a new 600 million euro stadium to replace it. It'll be about 60,000 seats. There's additional stuff like shopping district and another small arena that they're going to build. I need to get there because Bayern won the Champions League there in 2001. I got to go visit that. AC Milan has been playing there since 1926 and Inter has been playing there since 1947. Um, in Turkey, Football Violence Awareness Month, um, a footballer has been barred for life for injuring four players in Turkey. Uh, third-tier player Mansur Kalar has been banned for life for injuring four opposing players with a sharp object. 
Th- they didn't mention what it was. Yeah. I didn't see it in the article yeah. itself. Just a sharp object. So maybe there was like a more information. Top of a laptop, or yeah. possibly. Yeah. Investigation. Um, in this actually came out today. Uh, I think it was today or uh, early uh, last night or whatever. Uh, early this morning, Qatar's uh, secret eight hundred eighty million dollar World Cup payments to FIFA. What it is is basically there was an offer made in in just like 21 days before the 2010 vote of $400 million to FIFA from the uh, state-run Al Jazeera uh, network. Was the offer taken? Yes. Yeah, okay. It seems like it. Then three years later, another offer was made uh, uh, for $480 million. And, and all these documents, and there's contracts and uh, stating when it was going to be paid and everything, is all with a Swiss police or investigation team that's going to be looking into this uh, through uh, more inquiries. So it's interesting to see um, somebody uh, I can't remember where, but they they they've called a lot of a lot of people are calling for uh, this to be uh, expedited so they can take the 2022 yeah, World Cup away to, from Qatar. They they they, they has feel to be exped- expedited or taken from them. Well, both yeah, really. Okay. It's like they they need to look at this ASAP. Yeah, I I because I was told a couple of weeks ago that. John Herdman, as you know, he said he's very confident that Canada's going to make it to 2022. I was told the reason he's so confident is Canada officials have been told it's going to be a 48-team World Cup. Oh, that's not good. That would... Wow. So, uh, and and so some news uh, from North America. I'm talking of Canadians. Yep. Well, no, uh, North America I'm talking about. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. I'm just going to bring that up later. Uh, the U.S. women's soccer team is suing U.S. soccer. 28 players have filed a class, class action lawsuit arguing that U.S. soccer has a policy of practice and discrimination against members of the women's national team based on gender, less play similar to members of the men's national team. Now, the thing is, there's a couple arguments either way. The top-tier women uh, apparently right now are earning just 38% of the compensation that a similar player will play on the men's national team. Difference is, though, this is the counter-argument, the men receive a higher bonuses when they play for the team, but, but they, no they don't get the, there's no guaranteed salaries. Yeah. Also, um, another thing, and I think this is really what's going to hurt the women, is uh, the U.S. soccer could easily agree, I mean, argue that the majority of their money comes from the men's side. That was the one question because I was going to Because no, nobody's mentioned that in any articles I've seen. The the world, men's World Cup. If you look at revenue and how much money they make and how oh, much, oh yeah, generates so they much more. generate so much more. So the, if they argue that the men bring in more money, that's why they're paid more. That wouldn't that kind of throw everything out at that point? Like if they could show that they pay, if they could show they they pay a higher percentage of what the women bring in to the women instead of what the men bring in to the men. I think that would I would that would kill their argument. I think I, I don't think that, that's gonna, the only question I was going to ask. Is yeah. How does this work in terms of what the what the programs or teams actually yeah. the revenue they generate? Right? Yeah. You, you think it, it should be a line in that? So like, yeah, if the men's bonuses are equivalent to let's say ten percent of what U.S. soccer makes off of that team, and the women are making ten percent off of whatever, then that would seem to work out, or it might be obviously different. And then that's where you have the conversation. And of, that's is where it, is it fair or whatever? And that's where the the obviously the court case is going to uh, see where that's going to fall into. But so it'll be interesting to see. This is obviously just coming before a World Cup. I think they did this in twenty fifteen too, with or the something turf. like that. They did, yeah. with the turf. they did, but they're dropping that now as part of this. It's like that's something was going somewhere with that, but yeah. then they've had to drop that to raise this new one. Oh. Yeah. 
Okay, so you're talking about signings before. Yes. Uh, a couple of former Whitecaps uh, that have signed. Uh, David Edgar has signed with uh, Harpool United. Up the yep. pool. Til- he is now a monkey hanger. Is that what their uh, moniker is? Do Mar- you guys Mar- not know about Hartlepool? No. All oh, right, I'll quickly tell you this because th- this is this is amazing and true. Is there a way of <laughs> song about it? In wartime, um, I can't remember what war it was, but I think it was like possibly the First World War. A boat came into Hartlepool Harbour with a monkey on board. And the people in Hartlepool had never seen a monkey before. So they thought he was French. And they thought it was a French spy. So they hung the monkey. And ever since then, they're known as the monkey hangers. That's 100% true. Boy, not, there must be really lack of intelligence there. <laughs> I know. They've never lived it down. And they hate people referring to them as that. But they are the monkey hangers. Oh boy. Okay, so I don't know how smart this uh, city is, but uh, Stefan Marinovic. David Edgar. Oh, boy. Right. But no, I'm talking about the next city. Oh. Uh, Stefan Marinovic has signed joint championship club Bristol City till the end of the season. Yes. Um, their I'll top. Please, Simon Futch. Yeah. As of right now, top two. Their top two keepers are sidelined with injury, with one of them being done for the season. Like he's uh, so. Does- but he didn't start today. They said he might start against mm. today at Leeds. I'm pleased for Stefan. They started a 22-year-old. Was there any kind of PETA campaign against Harley Pool like after the fact? Well, this was way before yeah, PETA. Okay. It might even have been the 1800s. I'll just oh. look this up to see exactly when it was. Um, uh, and then I'm uh, hoping it was 1800s because I'm pretty sure folk knew what monkeys looked like by the 1900s. Uh, speaking of a couple signings, uh, actually the Whitecaps made, in addition to Ali Anand this week, oh, yeah. um, uh, we forgot to mention this earlier, uh, Brendan McDonough, their second round pick was signed. Uh, Happy for him. Yeah, and then also Thomas Hassel, 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 Thomas Hassel uh, has been signed, the academy goalkeeper from Saskatchewan. So both of them were solid. Uh, Hassel has been uh, uh, been really highly regarded Huge since his, uh, since his, since he was 16. Yeah. Like, like I know we talk about all, all like Carducci and all that. This guy was really highly regarded back then. They just didn't want to push it too much because with goalkeepers, they, how old is he again now? He is, uh, I think he's eighteen or something. Yeah, how uh, many under whatever players of the year has he won for Canada? Has he won any? I don't think so. Okay, so that uh, might be good. He's flying under. Yeah, the radar, he's but. flying under the radar. So, uh, so hopefully this one's the one's like I don't know what's going to happen with Sean Melvin because right now is they have they four, four keepers. keepers on the MLS yeah. roster. That's so strange. they might loan him out somewhere. Uh, the other thing is, is I heard somewhere this week that uh, somebody signed uh, a 14 year old. I can't remember which team it was, and it was a 14 year old goalkeeper. Child Labor FC? Yes. Um, I want to say Chicago. Yes, it is Chicago. You're right. 100%. Yeah, Chicago. Yeah. So they must not be impressed by David Elstad. Yeah. Um, see, I think this is just for show. For, that, that's, that's irresponsible yeah. to sign a 14 year old keeper. Uh, because keepers, you don't know anything. If I was a keeper, I was yes. a fourteen-year-old. How tall I'd is the kid? Must be tall. For, if they were to do it that that age, I don't know. But but you don't sign a fourteen because you don't know no. what he, you don't know anything. Like he's not going to probably start a solid games until he's 22, 23 is, is at the he, earliest. Is he American descent? Oh yeah, yeah. he's so part he's, of the academy. He's the keeper, Freddie Adu. I guess he's the second youngest after yeah. Freddie Adu. Yeah. This is just this is just for show and publicity. And someone's going to sign a 13-year-old now, someone that's going to be younger than Freddie Adu. Can, can you do it? Like I thought. I, someone's going to sign Zlatan Sperm at this rate. <laughs> Might have better luck than Freddie Adu at this point. Too. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, soccer, soccer club... Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, news locally. Um, apparently, this, uh, the soccer club, Coastal FC, knew 
about the suspended uh, BC coach's past. Well, says an according to, yes, according to so, one ex-member. Yes. And he uh, put a blog post on, uh, uh, it's supposed to not Sierra, it's Ikaya. Yes. <laughs> we, uh, apologies to her for that. We thought it was Sierra. Um, but it was Jack Reddy who coached there since 2008 before they were, um, like it was, uh, there was two different clubs, two, three different came clubs. Came together that, or something? Yeah, it came yeah. together. Um, he brought up uh, the rumors uh, of inappropriate behavior with other coastal executives in 2010, 2011. Um, he was told it's all hearsay. Uh, and kind of not to talk about it. Yeah. Or and essentially, and when he cons- uh, contacted the coastal FC executive director, uh, oh, so, sorry, the newspaper contacted coastal FC di- executive director. He didn't want to respond to the new claims. He says it's an active and ongoing in- uh, from an investigation standpoint and from our end. And we don't want any further comment until there's one to be made with new information. There's, so he, there's no like timeline for that, right? No. And the thing is, but the, the story's kind of died away from the mainstream press just now. And unless more things come out or more people come forward, sad to say this, but I think it will disappear. And this, uh, you, yeah. don't th- you don't think there'll be a demand for like not, not what enough I, to ra- raise it up. From what I'm hearing is the people, like the the people at Coastal, like people yeah. with kids play yeah, there. Like stuff. people in our circles are furious and they're all talking about it, but it needs a bigger audience. But, but, but and it, it's not going to get. But that. What I'm saying is, I think there will be more publicity for this if these people at Coastal, yes. who this is their club right yeah. now, who this coach a Billy is in at, their hands, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So if they if if they are calling demanding for this investigation results to be made public, yep. then I think it'll... I'm, I'm actually, I'm very much contemplating pulling my kid out of Coastal and putting him into, like, somewhere else. I'm trying to find somewhere else for him. Uh, even though, like, he's on the, he's a boy, so he's not going to be anywhere close to this guy because he seems to be only coach girls. But, so I, I just don't, I just don't want to, I, I, I don't feel like I should support that club yeah. if all these things are coming out. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is with with uh, Mr. Reddy, he is a coach right now at the women's uh, team in Lethbridge, I think Lethbridge University or a college or whatever. He says he, he just want to make this statement to support Kara, and he, he actually doesn't want to be contacted by yeah. any newspaper. He said, this media. is my one and only public statement. Yeah. I have yeah. no desire to be. Yeah, more interviews. Yeah. yeah. Um, last bit of news, uh, the Canadian whim, uh, Canadian whim. Canadian women uh, finished up the Algarve, uh, Algarve Cup uh, with a 0-0 tie. They they won 6-5 on penalties to take the bronze. Uh, their other two matches was a 0-0 draw, and they beat Scotland 1-0. Uh, so that was a big up there. Um, uh, so they basically went undefeated, but they ended up with the bronze because they basically do it on goal differential. They only play two games. Yeah. They favor the bronze. Yeah. Uh, and then Jesse Fleming won. The Sorry, score. they don't. That was a joke. I'm joking. Jesse Fleming scored the uh, winning penalty kick, so good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Just quick update. The monkey hangers thing was the Napoleonic Wars. Okay. Oh, that's so a that explain okay. why they never saw a monkey right. before. That's still but stupid. Of I also just remembered something else to tell you about Hartlepool. So the football club have adopted that as like their, their mascot is called Hangus the Monkey instead of Angus the Monkey. Hangus the Monkey? Yeah, this is all true. Zach's just shaking his head. The guy that is Hangus the monkey for a joke stood for election in 2002, I think early 2000s as mayor of Hartlepool. It was the first ever election. Got elected and was mayor. <laughs> is he still mayor? No, I no. think he got voted out, but he became the first mayor. Hangus the monkey was the first mayor of Hartlepool. Good luck, David Edgar. When he comes here... 
for the Canada game, if he's in the squad, I'm going to ask him about that. That's going to be fantastic. Anyway, another fantastic show has ended. Wavelength was my favourite part. I'm going to play that well, song again the way so, home, I think. Something I learned on the show today is Steve has never once tweeted about Man United. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm going to double never check. Once. Oh, double check? I will. I I'm going to check word. every single tweet he sent out. And they're all his burner accounts and everything. <laughs> oh, no, you can check all those burner accounts. I'll give you all of them. I've never tweeted about Man United. Anyway, thank you for listening. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And at ManUnitedFC.com. <laughs> for me, it's at ZacharyAM, and I'm part of the Movement Curver Collective. And Michael McCall, you can find me on Twitter, AFTN Canada, Instagram, AFTN Soccer. Finally learned how to use it, even put some things out there this week. Give us a follow and subscribe on YouTube, please. AFTN Canada is the thing there. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and a thumbs up on iTunes. It'd be very much appreciated. We'll be back next week at our usual time of 11 o'clock. Won't have Zachary in the studio with us. He's going to be away. So we'll see who we have. And we might have a couple of surprise interviews lined up as well. But until then, thanks for listening. Take care and more the monkey hangers. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.